0: Some 16 million working-age Americans currently have long COVID. That's according to the Census Bureau. And for many of them, the symptoms are so debilitating, they're unable to work or they're struggling to do the jobs they did before. And now COVID long
1: haulers are speaking out about what they need to stay employed. NPR's Andrea Hsu reports. Georgia Linders got sick with COVID early in the pandemic. More than two years on, she continues to experience what are now commonly reported symptoms of long COVID. Her heart races at random times. She's often exhausted. She has digestive issues, and most days she runs a fever. Oh, yeah, probably have a fever right now. I was going to check it. She whips out a digital thermometer. Well, 99 isn't that high. When my fever gets up past a certain point, my mood changes, and all the cognitive stuff just Like, my brain feels like goo. That's what happened when Linders went back to work for a few months in the spring and summer of 2020. Her job required her to be on the phone all day, coordinating with health clinics that service the military. It was a lot of multitasking, something she'd excelled at before COVID. After COVID, she had brain fog and fatigue. Her work suffered. That fall, she was put on probation and given 30 days to improve her performance. And I thought I improved, but my... Supervisor brought up my productivity, which was like a quarter of what my coworkers were doing. She felt demoralized. Her symptoms got worse. She decided to take medical leave, and six months later, she was terminated. She filed a discrimination complaint with the government, but it was dismissed. She could have sued, but she wasn't making enough money to hire a lawyer. Now she thinks back on what she should have pushed for. She was already working from home, but maybe she could have had a lighter workload. Maybe her supervisor could have held off on disciplinary action. You know, maybe I wouldn't have gotten as sick as I got because I wouldn't have been pushing myself to to do the things that I knew I couldn't do, but I kept trying and trying. Dr. Monica Verdusco Gutierrez of the University of Texas San Antonio has seen it before. If someone has to go back 100% when they start feeling a little bit better, they are going to crash and burn fast. The thing about long COVID, there are still so many unknowns. The symptoms are highly varied, and no one knows how long the symptoms will last. Gutierrez encounters the question all the time when she's filling out disability forms. How long do you expect this patient to be out? Like, this is a new condition. We don't know. The uncertainty complicates things for employers, too. Do you offer accommodations like a flexible schedule or extended time off or a less taxing role in another department? And if so, for how long? Roberta Echeverri has been fielding a lot of such questions lately. As a disability management specialist, she helps employers and employees find accommodations that work for everyone. With long COVID, it's challenging.
2: This isn't a sprain or a strain where, you know, somebody turns an ankle and we know in X amount of months they're going to be at this point. Or if somebody was helping move a patient
1: and they hurt their back. And they can't do that kind of work anymore. They need to do something else. Accommodations are supposed to help workers get on a path back, she says. But with long COVID, you don't know whether, say, three months of leave will help resolve symptoms or not. And for some employers, three months of leave is not viable. Now, companies don't have to approve accommodations that present an undue burden to their business. But Echeverry urges her clients to try to find something that works.
3: You have to show that you're actually
2: not discriminating, right, that you know what the law is, that you're willing to give a good faith
1: effort. Georgia Linders believes her employer did not make a good faith effort, but she's also tried to put herself in their shoes. I understand it from a business point of view. Like, why would you want to keep an employee that all of a sudden can only do
4: a fraction of what they could do before?
1: After a long process, she's now getting Social Security disability insurance. She spends what energy she has on advocacy, helping other long haulers stay employed. It helps her feel like she's contributing something to society, even if it's far from the life she wanted. You know, I don't want to be disabled. I don't want to be taking money from the government. I'm only forty-five, I was gonna at least work another twenty years. Now her work is all about getting by one day at a time. Andrea Shu in PR News. <laughs>
5: to tell you about a shocking new report from the news agency Reuters, that kids as young as 12 and 13 have been hired to work at an auto parts plant in Alabama, at a place called Smart Alabama LLC, a metal stamping shop that is majority owned by Hyundai, the Korean automaker. According to the Reuters report, which was documented by local police, current employees, and family members of some of the youngsters, the plant has employed as many as 50 underage workers to work all shifts at the metal shop, which supplies, parts for the vehicles assembled at Hyundai's flagship U.S. plant in Montgomery, Alabama. Many are children of migrants from Central and South America. The Reuters Review of the Records noted that the plant has been cited for repeated health and safety violations, including amputation hazards. Micah Rosenberg was part of the reporting team that broke the story, and she's here with us now to tell us more. And I do want to mention that we've sought comment ourselves from the relevant parties. We'll tell you what they said or didn't say as we go forward. Micah Rosenberg, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Before we jump into the specifics, would you mind just telling us how did you learn about this? And I'm asking because manufacturing plants are notoriously difficult to get access to by people who don't work there. And I do want to mention that you your kind of regular beat is immigration. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you and your team found out about this?
0: Earlier this year, my reporting partners, uh, Christina Cook and Joshua Schneier and I, we published a story about a, a Guatemalan teenager who, shortly arriving to the United States last year, got a job in a chicken processing plant, uh, which is a very big industry in the area of Enterprise, Alabama, where where our reporting focused. And, you know, clearly these chicken plants can be pretty hazardous places to work. So, you know, through that reporting, we found out it's it's relatively easy, um, in, in some cases, to get documents, uh, you know, where if you're a minor, you could basically, you know, pick an age and say that you were older. So these workers can be very vulnerable to exploitation because they're working without authorization. And, you know, they're often very hesitant to speak up. But once we published that story, we started hearing about kids uh, also in Enterprise Alabama who were working in a nearby auto manufacturer that is about an hour away. This uh, smart Alabama plant is in Laverne, um, which is um, 40 miles from Enterprise. And we were hearing that uh, some of them were much younger ages uh, than the teenagers that we had written about before. So obviously that caught our attention.
5: Well, Can you just tell us a little bit about how the hiring worked so that a 12 or 13-year-old could get hired to work at a manufacturing plant like this, I mean, I think people would see if an older teenager, somebody seventeen or eighteen or nineteen, was not honest about you know, his or her age. but I think twelve or thirteen i think i, I don 't know i don 't know too many twelve or thirteen year olds who look like they 're old enough to work in manufacturing so i 'm just so, so how did it how did it work?
0: Yeah, well, you know, for a lot of uh, local migrants in the area who who might not have legal work documents, we've learned that they often find jobs through various uh, staffing agencies. And from speaking to labor experts and workers themselves, we know that these staffing agencies can often have uh, their own lax hiring practices. They often make, uh, you know, sometimes will make minimal checks when hiring. Labor experts said that, while these staffing firms are very common throughout the U.S. and in many different industries, uh, sometimes companies can kind of use them as a buffer if there's, you know, unsavoring hiring practices. And they can say they didn't know what was going on because the workers came from staffing firms. But we did speak to former workers who were working alongside some of these uh, these younger miners and told us that there was uh, no way that they looked old enough to work, even if they might not, you know, admit their their age um, when they're on the line.
5: So according to your reporting, local law enforcement can't investigate the alleged use of child labor and referred this matter to state officials. So NPR News reached out to the U.S. Attorney in Alabama's Southern District as well as the Alabama Attorney General's Office. They did not have any comment to us. Have you learned if any law enforcement agency has been investigating this matter and have any been in contact with you since you published your story? I do want to mention that one interesting detail is you said that part of this came to the attention of local law enforcement because one of the one of the kids, ran away from home. And in the course of investigating that, that is part of this story. So so has any law enforcement reached out to you at the course of this? Or do you know if any law enforcement body is investigating this?
0: Well, you know, that's right. So through, you know, through our reporting on this, we found out about this uh, 13-year-old Guatemalan girl who had gone missing from her home in February. And that set off a statewide Amber Alert uh, for missing children, um, saying that she was with, uh, suspected to be with an adult man. And it ended up that the police uh, located the two of them on the very same day that she disappeared. And they had actually crossed state lines to Georgia. The man was also from Guatemala. He was later arrested and deported. But when we got the police records of the incident, we heard on the calls that the police, the Alabama and Georgia police, were talking back and forth and saying that the two were co-workers. And you can hear in the calls that even the police officers uh, sounded surprised that she was so young and working. And so that's, you know, as we continue to report, we found out that she was working at Smart in Laverne. And, you know, that that she was not the only only one who was working there. So we spoke to local police who did say that they uh, when they found out about that, that she and her brothers who were 12 and 15 were working there that they referred uh, the matter to the the state attorney general's office uh, declined to comment to us. Um, But after our story came out, um, the Alabama State Department of Labor said that they would investigate the issue and that they hadn't been aware of it previously before our reporting um, and that they were coordinating with other agencies like the U.S. Department of Labor to look into that.
5: So to your knowledge, are any children working there now?
0: Well, we were not able to confirm if there are uh, currently children working there. Um, our um, reporting was focused on, uh, you know, current and former workers who had seen um, this girl and others there uh, in the past, and we had heard about the dismissals. So um, that is something that we were not able to confirm.
5: Well, let me just tell you what Hyundai said. Uh, we reached out to Hyundai. They said that. Hyundai does not tolerate illegal employment practices in any Hyundai entity. We have policies and procedures in place that require compliance with all local, state, and federal laws. I assume they they said the same thing to you when you talked to them.
0: Yeah, they did say the exact same thing to us. They initially didn't comment when the story came out Smart did comment and and said essentially the same thing. And then after the story published, uh, Hyundai sent us a very similar statement and they did not answer our our very detailed uh, questions about the reporting uh, beyond that.
5: And we also reached out to SMART, Alabama LLC. Uh, They did not respond to our inquiry at all. And as I mentioned earlier, the U.S. attorney uh, for the Southern District of Alabama uh, did not respond to our, our query, nor did the Alabama Attorney General's Office. The Alabama Attorney General's Office only responded to tell us to say they did not have a comment. So that being said, before we let you go, what response have you
0: gotten to the story? So we've we've gotten a lot of, you know, different kinds of uh, responses. Obviously, um, there's a lot of concern, you know, uh, outrage that this could be happening in the United States, but, you know, also concern for the workers. I mean, obviously, these migrant workers are trying to make a living for themselves and for their families. You know, there's a, there's a lot of difficulties that, that they face. So that's a part of the response that we've been getting to is concern for them.
5: That was Micah Rosenberg. She's an immigration reporter with Reuters who, along with her colleagues, broke the story on the use of child labor by Hyundai and its subsidiary parts maker in southern Alabama. You can see their article online now at the Reuters news site. Micah Rosenberg, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
6: No, no, what we need, y'all. what do we I think we need a new leader. We ain't have a black leader in a while. In a long time. Somebody that moves you. You know, we, you know, we had Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and ever since then a bunch of substitute teachers.
0: As Atlanta students
7: and
1: teachers prepare to head back to class in the next few weeks, many districts are still dealing with a shortage of substitute teachers. Martha Dalton reports some systems are trying a new tactic to fill
7: those
0: positions.
3: The Fayette County Public Schools hired 120 substitutes last year, but Human Resources Director Erin Robertson said it wasn't enough. I happened to hear someone saying that their spouse was a bus driver and would be willing to help between their routes. So I started thinking about that, and I wondered if there were other bus drivers who might be willing to help fill in classrooms as well. Appearing in a district video, Robertson said the bus drivers weren't able to stay the entire day in between routes, but they were able to fill in for teachers for a few hours. Fayette's program will continue this year, and other districts have taken notice. Clayton County is considering a similar model. Interim Chief Human Resources Officer Alicia Albritton said recently, the district is coming up with a few job bundling options for employees. So
7: essentially, they'll be able to combine more than one opportunity so that they can assist us with making
4: sure that all of our service lines are covered.
3: Other Atlanta districts are upping pay to attract subs. Cobb County went from $89 a day to $189. Nicholas Suarez is the president of Kelly Education, a staffing service that provides subs for districts, including some in Metro Atlanta.
2: We've seen, you know, districts that have gotten very creative with sign-on bonuses to different kinds of things like surge pay on those really difficult to fill days, you know, whether it's a Friday or the day after Super Bowl or something like that.
3: Suarez says the main reason subs are in such high demand is because so many teachers are leaving.
2: About 30% of the employees that we're deploying every single day into classrooms are actually being utilized for long-term assignments.
3: Suarez says sometimes that means subbing for a whole year. Many districts are trying to make substitute teaching part of the solution to the teacher shortage by urging people in other professions to sub to see if teaching could be a second career. State officials also passed a law this year making it easier for retired teachers to return to the classroom as subs or full-time teachers. Martha Dalton, WABE News.
8: See, so when black people say, "Well, I'm not going to be involved in no blackness and all like that," see, I know where it's going because I see. I tried that right from the beginning. That's how I got started. I don't. I'm trying to get. I'm gonna run away from this thing called racism. But I found that there was no place to run. That was my ambition when I started out. You know, I wanted to be a cartoonist. So I found out because of racism that was a. You know, that was a problem. That became a problem with uh, Mr. Magruder. See? My characters are going to be black. So I'm reacting to racism right there. Okay? Mr. Aaron Magruder, and boondocks. Yes, sir. See what I mean? So, you know, hey, there's nowhere to run. See, so I, I gave up the idea of being a cartoonist. So I said, well, now what am I going to be? I don't know, but I know that I'm going to find some place where color don't make no difference. In
9: 1968, Franklin Armstrong was introduced to Snoopy, Charlie Brown, and the Peanuts gang.
10: Charlie Brown, I am impressed by your unfailing optimism.
9: Now, Peanuts Worldwide has launched the Armstrong Project in honor of the first black character. NPR's Mandelite Del Barco reports.
2: A peanuts pop up during last weekend's Comic Con in San Diego featured Franklin Armstrong and the Armstrong Project, an initiative to support up and coming black writers, animators, and cartoonists. Among those celebrating was Bruce W. Smith, creator of Disney's The Proud Family series.
10: Seeing Franklin was sort of like a revelation because here's a character that represents, you know, you. The first time I saw him on a special, he's dancing. And I'm like, everybody's trying to do this Franklin dance now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, that meant something, you know, to a lot of us. And certainly it inspired my path as an artist.
2: According to the census and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, fewer than 4% of animators are black. Cartoonist Rob Armstrong is hoping to change those numbers.
10: When I came into the industry, I was one of only four African-Americans in the business. Others have followed me, but the numbers are very, very small.
2: It was a schoolteacher in California, Harriet Glickman, who wrote to Charles Schultz in 1968, suggesting he integrate Peanuts. It was a time of turmoil in the country, and also for Armstrong, then a six-year-old in West Philadelphia.
10: Dr. King's assassinated. Robert Kennedy's assassinated. It's completely crazy, and my oldest brother is caught in the doors of a moving subway train. My brother was killed at 13. That same day, July 1, 1968, Franklin is introduced into Peanuts.
2: Armstrong says that was a sign that he should become a cartoonist. By 1990, his comic strip Jumpstart was syndicated, and he became friends with his childhood idol, Charles Schultz. Armstrong says one day Schultz called to talk about Franklin.
10: He says, he has no last name. It's not good. It's not respectful to him as a character. Can I use your last name? I said, Sparky, yes, of course.
2: Armstrong says his friend Sparky Schultz remained a mentor, and now he wants to pay it forward. He teamed up with Peanuts Worldwide to provide internships and guidance for the Armstrong Project.
10: I don't want to sound too highfalutin here, but it's a very serious job. (laughs) It's not the same as doodling in math class. And I take it very seriously. I'm trying to bring an honor. And now I have a chance to bring young, talented people along.
2: The Armstrong Project also has a $200,000 endowment to give scholarships for students at historically black colleges. Promise Robinson, a 21-year-old student at Hampton University, is one of the first recipients.
5: Mr. Armstrong said to start with dynamic characters and can really just carry the story. So I just want to start there and something that will push the culture forward. So I'm definitely looking to be very inclusive in my stories.
2: The
0: other recipient
2: is Haley Cartwright, a Howard University student who just turned 19.
0: If Franklin had never been introduced to the Peanuts series, like I can't fathom how different my life would be if he wasn't there. In the direction I want to take my career in animation, would I even have a chance? Like, I just wonder.
2: At the event during Comic-Con, Bruce W. Smith gave some advice to Cartwright and Robinson.
10: Everyone's looking for more diverse projects, more diverse characters to lead their storytelling. That's why this is the perfect time for you guys to have your voice included in this.
2: The world, he said, is waiting to hear from you. Mandalita Barco, NPR News.
9: Since 2018, Amazon's been showing customers a new way to shop, where you can just grab and go. It's Amazon Go.
0: Dozens of Amazon workers at a warehouse in Joliet filed federal complaints against the retail giant, claiming the company allowed dangerous and racially hostile behavior to fester. CBS 2's Tim McNicholas shows us what they say took place.
11: Workers at this Joliet warehouse found these disturbing messages on the wall of the women's bathroom two months ago. They both include the N-word. One is an insult to employees at the warehouse, known as the MDW-2 facility. The other is a death threat.
10: It's it's more scary
11: than hurtful. Tori Davis describes what she and other black employees felt when they heard about the incidents. When
10: you don't know who targeted you, and you still have to be in the same environment with no further security measures. It's kind of, it makes you nervous.
11: The discrimination complaints say the company painted over the messages before police had investigated and refused to pay employees who wanted to leave early for their safety. Workers later got a text from Amazon saying they were made aware of hateful and threatening graffiti and police did not identify any threats to the site's safety.
10: They were trying to sweep it under the rug, basically.
11: Employees also say since late 2021, they've been forced to work with people wearing Confederate flag clothing. Attorney Tamara Holder says the discrimination complaints are just the first steps. We would certainly like for it to become a class action. As for Davis. But a lot of the uh, associates are still in fear. She says Amazon fired her earlier this month, which she says was retaliation after she threatened to sue.
10: We're asking for a change in policy uh, when it comes to the safety. Uh, We're asking for fairness.
11: Amazon sent us a statement today saying they work hard to protect workers from discrimination and keep them safe, adding hate and racism are not tolerated. They did add security the night after that racist graffiti incident. Live in the newsroom, Tim McNicholas, CBS 2 News.
7: Everything at the University of Arkansas is all for yeah.
11: learning.
2: It's being on your own. And studying, they weren't kidding.
10: Finding the cultures of the world all around you. And making friends. Exploring the world. Even learning to like cappuccino.
7: Sharing special moments. Like calling the law.
0: Pushing yourself to the limit.
10: Knowing your professors know who you are. The sky's the limit. Once you visit the University of Arkansas, you're hooked.
6: A University of Arkansas employee has filed a race discrimination lawsuit against the school. Dr. Sinetra Hughes, a black woman, filed the suit. It says Hughes started as a student programs director in 2014. And it says in 2017, she was promoted to assistant director of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. But according to the lawsuit, state records were never changed to include her new title. So she did not receive a raise consistent with that promotion. The filing goes on to say... She was treated differently than white employees who got promotions and were paid more. We reached out to the university for comment, but have not heard back. You can learn more about the lawsuit on our website.
10: I thought I asked for an African-American to replace Terry. You requested an Afro-American? African-American. Jerry, you know I did. I put it in writing. I didn't see it. You see it? If you don't like her, you send her back. Yeah, you tell her you didn't like her performance because she was white. What? That's not
11: the point. Flipper, she's been here for five minutes. Give her a chance. This sounds dangerously like reverse discrimination to me. To Johnston County now, where sheriff's deputies will soon be feeling the effects of what's going on in Kenley with the police department resignations there. WREL has now obtained all eight resignation letters from the employees there and the police officers. They cite a hostile work environment with the town manager and stress, among other things. WRL's Chelsea Donovan is in Kenley for us tonight with the new information we've learned since we broke this story last night. What do we know?
9: Dan, so the mayor and the town council are the ones responsible for hiring the town manager. However, none of them responded to any of my emails, calls or texts to shed light on the questions that are rippling through this town and what's gonna happen after the entire police force leaves. It's known as Friendly Kenley. I love the small town atmosphere. A quaint town of around 2,000 residents where everybody who strolls down these streets knows your name. And Where everybody knows your business. That business, a sudden mass exodus of the entire police force, including the chief and two of the town employees. What's going on here that we don't know about? Chief Josh Gibson at the helm of the force for two decades, one of seven putting in a resignation letter. Gibson alluding to a hostile work environment since town manager Justine Jones was hired last month. WRAL has obtained the resignation letters from Chief Gibson, many of his officers, Sharon Evans, town clerk, and Christy Thomas, utility clerk, all put in yesterday. Utility clerk Christy Thomas writes, due to the current situations and stress, I will not let myself be around that kind of atmosphere. Chief Josh Gibson says, due to a hostile work environment now present in the town of Kenley, I do not believe progress is possible. We asked Justine Johnson about the letters today and said she couldn't talk as it's a personnel matter. WRAL has learned Jones sued her previous employer, Richland County, South Carolina for gender and racial discrimination after she was terminated in 2015. She alleges hostile treatment by county leaders and retaliation for reporting bad behavior. The lawsuit case was voluntarily dismissed. Just three part-time officers now patrolling these streets is of great concern to longtime residents and business owners.
1: It's very scary to think that that is a significant amount of security for a small town.
9: Now, town attorney Chip Hewitt speaking out today. He says, quote, we just learned about this yesterday. It affects the entire police department and staff members. We were looking, we are looking rather, at having an emergency special meeting to figure out how to move forward with it. Now, as far as public safety here in the town of Kinley, Johnston County deputies filling in the gap. They'll be responding and patrolling here as well as the highway patrol. Dan.
11: Between a rock and a hard place, to say the least. Chelsea Donovan reporting live for us. Thank you metaphors you hear that rock and a hard
12: place rock and a hard place Mm. context of white supremacy gusty renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date friday july 29 2022 so i have been told this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism dial in if you have thoughts observations certainly this program is not for spectators so if you have figured out these are things to do that work well your colleagues they are not aloof they don't talk down to you they don't put up mannequins or effigies to mock you you get all of your promotions raises in a timely manner you are trained correctly always if you need time off for your children no problem you are always in a safe environment You're not in danger. Nothing like what they were talking about in Joliet with the Amazon employees. None owe that. Let us know. How did you do this? What did you do? What did you say? What have you not said to make sure you are in a great position? Number is 720-716-7300. The code... Five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. The number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. <clears throat> if you don't want to dial in or not able to dial in, uh, you can email untiljustice at gmail dot com. Untiljustice at gmail dot com. Let us know thoughts, observations, questions all of that i'll get to all of the other reports and what have you but i'll start out number one just because uh, i've I don't know, have i complained maybe i've complained listeners have mentioned it a few times so maybe i've complained i'm not a fan of cold weather so uh i apologize if i've been uh grumpy curmudgeon apologies but it has been very cold really all year in seattle but particularly May forward, the time where it's supposed to be warm like this is not Siberia. We normally have summer. I was at the beach last summer. We had 300 degree days last year and until very recently, we had zero days above 80 degrees. It's been freezing, but this here week, we finally got our summer weather. It's been above 80 degrees every day. We've had some 90 degree days in there. It was supposed to be like 95 or whatever today. I think I only got only got to like 89, but no gripes. Summertime weather. Enjoy being at the beach. All of that said, hey, many black people, non-white people throughout the known universe, but especially if we want to talk about the <clears throat> northwestern hemisphere, are required to be outside not close to a beach where you might get a little summer breeze or what have you outside concrete asphalt no breeze all of that heat is just there radiating off the ground no trees too probably because that's where they warehouse all the black people that they got all the data on this white people are very informed uh so no air conditioning no energy no fan no nothing no trees uh just lots of broken glass and concrete as I said that's where the black people are supposed to be at so if you have to work in any sort of environment outside even inside where you don't have AC safety make sure you're drinking water in fact if you work in one of those hot environments I would even request like for safety this is not you trying to be a moocher or anything but ask them can you get water It's summertime. They're talking about triple digit heat in some places and what have you or 90s and all that humidity. They could easily get water delivered. And I don't mean plastic. I mean, they could do that too. lots of places. They could go to Costco and just make sure that they have bottled water throughout uh, to make sure that everybody is hydrated and safe. But I mean, they could get bottled water delivered and have the little dispenser so that it's nice and cold spring water that way you don't have to have all that plastic you can get that into health reasons right we talked about that were a terrible thing to waste and countdown get your non-plastic healthy water bottle and then you can just fill up at work and make sure my man in Florida got all that high heat he said hey I got a gallon water bottle looking to get a two gallon water bottle. That's what I'm talking about. And that's not being a mooch. I mean, water. What what are you talking about? That would be mine. And at minimum, making sure that, hey, we get, not cigarette smoke breaks, water breaks. And maybe even make sure that you have, we don't need donuts and pizza and all that goofy, and we don't need sodas either, because that'll dehydrate you. Water. You can get us good spring water if you can't do that. Hey, you could go to Costco and get a bulk, like, Fiji water. So we can all be walking around and being bougie with our Fiji water bottles. Like, yes, you could even dump it out of the bottle and put it into your water bottle. Then you have your nice artesian Fiji water. But water nonetheless. Water breaks and then uh, if you have to do something where it's outside, make sure you're getting breaks in the shade uh, and what have you. That heat is nothing to play with. Uh, again, they said last year when we had those uh, three consecutive Triple-digit heat days. That was the deadliest weather event in the history of Washington State. Again, for context, we have an active volcano here. They have earthquakes here and mudslides and all the rest. In 2021, three consecutive days of hundred-degree deg- 100 heat. Deadliest weather event in Washington state history according to white people so take it serious uh, any of the folks even traveling having to be out and about in the daytime or what have you uh, when it's really hot take it serious tell that to your children as well sometimes they are, their brains are still developing so they might need lots of reminders drink water not soda water and plenty of it regularly stay out of the shade maybe even wear a hat so your head is not being BAM baked by the sun heat safety, especially for people who are working in a heated environment. Now I can go kind of in order with what we heard, I heard the report about folks with long COVID uh, and how that's impacting their ability to work. I can only imagine if you are designated as black, and you end up with long COVID with the number of white people who say that all of this is a hoax anyway, you know, I'm not, you know, wearing a mask and blah, 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 and all the rest of the long COVID. You're just a lazy nigger. Get on out of here. Like, I could totally see it being that sort of thing. Like, long right, wink, wink. That's uh huh. making up these shiftless trifling no count. Like, just make up any excuse to not do it. Got long COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. You and Joe Biden, I guess, got the long COVID. Then mm-hmm. you gotta try and convince them and get benefits and all that, man. Uh Let's see. They got, uh, and I don't have video. That was an audio report. So I don't know. That could have been a non-white person that they were talking to who's having all those difficulties and had to get on disability and all the rest. So even that, trying to go and get uh resources and disability and convince probably a white person at Social Security and all of that, that yes, I do indeed have long COVID like whew, replace white supremacy with justice immediately we heard the segment out uh, Al- we had big victim in Alabama got our other call we got a number of folks down in the Alabama uh, area they had the report investigation into the Hyundai factory in Alabama with the abuse of these children and these were they said immigrants from Guatemala they got pictures and that. that's not video either but they got pictures of these are for sure non white children working at the Hyundai factory. Disgraceful all the way around. and That's the sort of thing that I wouldn't have really paid attention to when I wasn't focused on racism, white supremacy, and quickly. That's the other type of thing when people say, anybody, paying attention to the news is ignorant and dumb and I never do that. Okay, this is the sort of report that you will miss that I think is very important for many reasons. Now, again, I don't have children. A number of our listeners do. We heard from our mommy in Virginia. She talked about her young teenage son working, situation when he was cursed and what have you, just trying to do his job, retail security. We had uh, Irie. She talked about her, what did I just say? Safety. Talked about her son being in a work environment we said they're not even following the policy and procedure of the job we all agreed we're supposed to follow this and they're not even doing it this is so unsafe if you have children you have got to talk to them about racism white supremacy if they're going into the workplace you got to talk to them about racism safety sexual harassment I was almost kind of waiting and they said 13, 14, these are really children. Children. I was almost waiting. Is there gonna be some sort of sexual, you know, and maybe it is. I need to go read the whole uh, Reuters report. But you have got to talk to your, and I may be checking in with them every day, every shift. What's going on? How many hours did you work? What do you they said in this report? now I know victims of racism anywhere especially the last two years and everything has been so chaotic and financial turbulence and everything that hey if you have an opportunity even for some children like hey I want to support my family or we need you to support the family I'm very aware that's the case that racists keep non-white people in worldwide yeah yeah that's it if your child loses a hand at 13 hmm I'm gonna wager that's probably gonna be a deficit on their ability to earn financially moving forward in their life, maybe even to help the family. Just eh might be hard to wash dishes if you lose a hand. I was listening and they said at the Alabama car plant that this is a location with a likelihood of amputations. What? what they said 13 year why do you have 13 year oh I forgot these are non white (laughs) forgot ignorant me this is not little white Bobby and Susie they talked about Charlie Brown this is not little Charlie Brown in the Alabama car factory Hyundai factory where you might lose a finger hand foot who knows Thirteen-year-olds are not exactly. Their brain is still developing. They're not exactly known for being graded safety in highly dangerous environments where you could lose a foot, arm. They said I mentioned COVID, long haul, and all that. They said for almost three years now said because of covid and all these disruptions that they so-called got lots of labor shortages right in many different industries one of the consequences of that they said is this gotta hire children you know we got all these voids, vacancies and what have you so we got to get bodies in here got to get this work done if that is the case and they're hiring your child might be you know looking for employment or what have you logical Same thing that we told uh, Mommy in Virginia, some of the other folks, I would try as best. And sometimes this might be, hey, you know, you might be in a desperate situation and or for this to really work well, to be efficient. It's best to do this in advance before summertime rolls around. If they're looking for summertime employment uh, or if they're looking for a regular, you know, thing that they can do even during the school year. Well, you might have to be choosier, but I would not want them working at the car plant retail fast food McDonald's any of that they had the case I believe it was in Michigan where at McDonald's they had same thing lots of teenage young employees being sexually abused and exploited all the rest of it I would not want my child in that sort of environment same thing that we talked about I would want them to get a regular or not regular I would want them to get an easy boring job intern if they got to make money same thing I said safe easy boring job or intern if money is not that where same thing it'll be safe but they are learning they are networking and making contacts with other people that's the sort of situation that I would want if it's something where they need money for themselves to help the family something what well, we said job at the library might have to do that in advance but even they were desperate for employees so you could have got that in many locations maybe still can in many areas but we talked about summertime lifeguard they got shortages there that's now that's one obviously you got to know how to swim so that's when you kind of have to do the prep work in advance but something like that where you're not going to be harassed and having people coming up and pinching and feeling and touching on you or have to risk. Am I going to come back? I had 10 fingers and toes when I got here. Hopefully that's what I'll have when I get home. That's not what you want starting out for your first job. You want something where you can be around some folks who can mentor you. Oh I can learn some things some skill see hey this is what this career looks like this is what it pays this is what you have to do to get to this point like ah oh, i see this is he's already telling me what classes or what certifications you know oh, i see i see how long does it take to get this oh okay that's what you want not as i said you got to work i don't know losing a hand <laughs> Alabama been lame for many, many years, decades even. Uh, let's see. The substitute teachers are next door, in Georgia, uh, and we—that's uh, what I said. They got labor shortages. They've been saying that. And they've been—they've been saying that about substitute teachers for like a year, maybe even maybe the whole three years of the pandemic. They've been saying that. Man, we don't have enough teachers. Bay Area mom that's why I told her like hey they coming in trying to what they call it lowball you like oh no my gosh you know Bay Area mom we can't pay you all that my gosh we only got a few nickels we got to do a bake sale just to make sure we got chalk in the classroom and light bulbs. you know get out of here you don't even have teachers you are not gonna come in offering me 10 cents an hour and I got experience almost got my master's working on my master's get out of here you heard that right in the in the segment on Georgia substitute teachers. Wait a minute wait, 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 before I even get that. This is one for sure. Now if they gotta snatch bus drivers and snatch them off the wheel, bus goes care- careening off to the curb to come in here and finish up teaching the math class. That lets me all that that tells me all I need to know about the quality of education at the school. I'm not saying anything about the intelligence scholarship of bus drivers. We have bus drivers who listen to the cows, invest in the cows. However, generally speaking, the criterion when they go out to hire for a bus driver is very different than when you go out to hire a calculus teacher a biology teacher I could be in error but I think it's a little different just saying difficult to think about this in advance but I mean it's a whole lot to consider when you have children where are we going to educate our children are we gonna send our children to public school really we're gonna continue that whole shameful cycle okay oh, this is what you'll be looking at dealing with oh wow they're snatching folks off the road to go and teach my child okay well hope for the best right that's the whole you know anyway for the educator part of it now they said they raised the salary from $89 to $189 substantial Uh, if hey you are looking to teach anyway, or what have you that's the sort of thing I would take advantage of uh, because that's the case in many areas where they've had those sort of increases in salary and have changed qualifications to make it easier because they're so desperate uh, to have educators so if you are interested at all in thinking that you might want to teach or even might just want substitute teaching to be one way you can supplement your income for a short period of time if you're interested investigate check out your area what have you because this has been widespread uh, they were talking about Georgia I've heard the same thing California uh, Ohio lots of throughout, uh, throughout throughout in Chicago they had a report they don't even have bus drivers to steal because they got a shortage of bus drivers and I've heard that throughout for the last three years basically as well we can't even pilfer bus drivers because we don't have enough of them either wacky times on the plantation Uh, let's see silver tsunami in there as well they were talking about growing number of teachers who are retiring lots of older white women with the two year, with the three years really now of all this with the pandemic and you got to take the Rona shot and all that that's more of the same those old white women peace out Leaving early or whatever, and they've been saying that the whole time. Like, oh man, we got lots of these older white people who are leaving, graying white population. Ooh, and we have deliberately diseducated lots of black and non white people, so they haven't been trained well to take these jobs. Like, ooh, we got lots of voids and jobs coming. It's just gonna be the silver tsunami. That's what they've called it. More of that to come, too. You can probably try and take advantage. there. looking for openings, training. If there are fields and things that you're interested in, get training there. See if you can network there, because there will be openings. White people are getting old, so they say. Uh, Let's see. The Black Animators. Man, oh, man. It'd be a totally different world. I had forgotten. Neely Fuller Jr. on this program, no less said that he wanted to be an animator. What sort of cartoons would he be drawing? What sort of characters? Like I can't even imagine. Like if they had had this apprenticeship program that they were talking about years ago, like man, Neely Fuller Jr. could have been right there. Serious. That's they said, taking it serious about your role as an illustrator. This is not just doodling away in class like uh Fullerweather ate that up. I might have, have to send him uh, the news report of that clip to see, uh, yeah, if he's seen that. But absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, it's, racism will still be the problem. They didn't mention Aaron Magruder in that clip, but I remember he had lots of problems with racism, white supremacy, with the Boondocks. So it will still be a problem, don't just think Just we got our program, and you can get some training and go out and make black characters like eh? Eh? they even got non-black, non-white male, he worked at Disney all those years, I think he made like Bambi and a lot of their signature billion dollar works and he endured years of racism, oh my god, I think it was a black male animator at Disney as well uh, he worked there for like decades. I think he worked on some of their billion dollar projects as well and they uh, he retired semi and he would still come back and work and what have you. They made up some tacky I have to get you his name so I can be you know legitimate about it but they made up this tacky nickname for him. Uh, I think Floyd was in his name. Somewhere Floyd was in his name. And so instead of loitering they would say he's floitering that was what it was what they called it as opposed to oh my gosh this accomplished esteemed animator has made so many millions of dollars for Disney and what can we learn from you and it's an honor to have you just hanging out and emeritus member of the staff Oh, loitering, floitering Negro, probably trying to rape somebody around here. Keep your purses, ladies. Yes, Negro animator. Could have been Neely Fuller Jr. He would have still had to be codified, even if he was going to be an illustrator. Uh, They talked about... uh, the Joliet facility Amazon facility Joliet Illinois when I hear Joliet I immediately think of the case of those young whites males and females who killed those black males and then had sexual intercourse on top of their corpses this is like recent history this is like 2014 Dr. Tommy Curry talks about this all the time the man not they dismembered the bodies delectable Negro they dismembered the bodies I tagged uh, that event in history uh, with this case when I shared it on social media but yes at the Amazon facility they talked about all the racism and confederate flags and all the rest of it document ruthlessly write down take as many notes as possible take pictures if they want to come in swastikas confederate flag all of it I love Dylan Roof Love it. Take pictures of all of it. Click, clink, 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 and then you go on about your work day. Definitely an environment where you do not eat anything, and that would be an environment. I don't even want the water. I'm good. <laughs> like, uh, no, thank you. Know where I'm at. Safety, 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 and I probably wouldn't be hanging out too much in that environment. Uh, let's see. They heard the report or we heard the report, the town of Kenley in North Carolina. I don't even know where that is, Uh, but they talked about the mass exodus of an entire police department after the hiring of a black town manager. Justine Jones, black female. The entire police department. Hostile work environment, they said. Negros is known to be hostile. I can't even imagine. That's when I'd want to look at all of the resignation letters to see did they all say this. This is like the police, right? Since it's police, police, the police in San Diego. When they said they're not going to take the Rona vaccine, did they, they, where it seemed like they were all saying the same thing, like religious exemption and, oh, yeah, I can't do it. The vaccine is tainted and they used it on the animals and all the rest of it. And, you know, Paul said we can't do all this. The apostle Paul. Uh, Is this the same thing in Kenley, North Carolina, where they all said the same thing? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Hostile work environment. We got this angry nigger woman. She's going to come in and, you know, it's a reverse discrimination. It's just terrible. It's terrible. We got all this woke politics and I, I just can't take it. I just can't take it. Did they all say the same thing, or did they get creative with their reasons for all dipping? it? This even sounds like some unjust networking, like, really? We're all leaving at the same time. Nobody caught, we didn't have any texts, like, they hired this nigga woman. You gonna stay? I'm gonna to talk to Bill. Let's see what Bill said. You you leave it yep, yeah, 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 I'm out. Bill said he's out. Yeah, I'm not. That seems like kind of thing. You know, like they really they're gonna hire this nigga but oh, up yep, I'm out, I'm out. Bill, you leave it to, Yep, yep, I'm out. I talked to Roy. Susan says she though, yep, we're all leave. We're leaving. We're done. We're like let the nigga woman have it. I'm done. I've seen this attitude before. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely. And what does this say? What's a, That's the same thing I said in San Diego where they, I'm not taking the vaccine and I'm not taking the testing either. What does that say? What sort of example are you setting for the rest of the town, for the state of North Carolina? They hire one nigga woman. <sighs> I'm out of here. You work at the police. Wait a minute. The whole police, mass exodus from the police department. What about the little babies that are here and keeping them safe? Nah. They got rapists on the loose, don't they? Nah. Hostile work environment. I, I I just can't do it. What how, what what sort of hostilities? What did she do to you exactly? What did what did she do to all of you exactly? She keyed your car, she came by with a megahorn and was blaring Neely Fuller outside your house. Tell us what did she do? Give us the details. Dates and the uh, same thing I just said documentation, do you have photographs video, was she coming to work wearing Denmark Vessi t-shirts, tell me something reverse racism again Uh, number again oh and they said fair, I forgot that with the Amazon report words are so important, fairness man we're not asking for fairness, justice the number again is 720 716 7300 the code 564 four, pound press star 6 1 if you would like to participate if we have uh, any non-white parents if you have offspring they are under 20 just because they were I mean 13 14 in Alabama. I hate Alabama. Like, oh my God. Like, Alabama and Mississippi. Like, I know we got listeners in both of those areas. Like, oh my God. Like, if I woke up and was no longer in Seattle and found myself in Alabama, like, whoo. If I have complained about the weather this summer, like, whoo. We would just do programs to grouse and complain about, oh my God, I've been kidnapped and taken to Alabama. <laughs> like, uh, I've been to both of those states before. So, I mean, whoo. Hopefully, we will not have to go back. But man, 13, 14 working down in Alabama could lose a hand finger, all the rest of it. If we have parents, are you talking to your children about the workplace? What do you tell them about the workplace? Do they understand? And have people been able to even do that kind of steer away from no, I don't know, factory, no plants, no fast food. None, if it's gonna be a restaurant, you want it to be like an upscale bistro, some place where they routinely leave you know fifty dollar tips for a twenty dollar order, that type of thing. That's where you want to work it. Like, oh, okay, well this is this is great. I can rack up some money and maybe do some networking and you know kind of cultivate my tastes. You know, at the bistro, that type. Pick up some cooking tips, that sort of thing. Not McDonald's, Hardee's, Jack in the Box, Wendy's. Uh, lots of racism there. Like you can skip all of that. Long John Stiff. They still got Long John Silvers. Get the hush puppies. Yes, yes. Seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star 6-1 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. First few folks who dialed in with a hand up, if you have commentary to share. Line should be open. Uh,
7: good afternoon, Gus. Or good evening, rather. Um, I just wanted to uh, share a quick report. I do want to apologize. I missed the... Um, Begin, uh the beginning of the show so i I heard your commentary about uh, people working in fat um, fast food but i didn't um, hear the other portion of it um, or otherwise I would have you know provided some commentary um, but I just want to share a workplace uh, racism uh, report um, i uh, had a not i have a well i, I do not officially report to the female uh, white supremacist, but um, to be as brief and succinct as possible, um, you know, with white supremacists, uh, they try to, you know, minimize you, and one of her ways of doing that is, um, you know, by not referring to you as, you know, what your title is. Um, uh, Last week, we had a conference in which we were to attend, and uh, she wanted me to attend their session, although I have a, uh, I report to the male white supremacist who is technically over her in the hierarchy at work. Um, but, you know, she wanted me to participate in the conference with her group, and, you know, I, you know, declined. Um, so apparently they presented some sort of presentation or a slideshow, and it had like the departmental names and everything. And um, I, luckily I didn't attend. Her session, so I didn't have to see it live. But uh, later throughout the week, you know, she sent like everything out to all of the staff to, you know, review the the presentation. Well, anyway, when it had uh, my name, um, instead of her putting, you know, the department, you know, my correct title, um, she, you know, used the title for the females in the office who report to her and you know in my opinion it's to cause um i guess confusion and discrepancy um she is a uh, very uh, power hungry white uh female white supremacist and um you know i've told you you know i've had issues with my with my uh direct boss and you know i you know got frustrated and was um about to i actually you know did submit my Resignation, but his uh, executive director, you know, talked to me and convinced me into staying. And actually, after that, everything has uh, been as good as it can be, I guess, um, when you're on a plantation. Uh, but with her, it just seems like she's constantly trying to, I guess, minimize by, you know, always trying to group me in with the people who report to her. And, you know, I, you know, do not report to her. And um, I'm not really, I guess, asking for, you know, advice, because I I guess I could go and say, hey, you made an error. But I know that it's intentional to kind of reinforce, you know, what she, you know, thinks or feels, although I have the white male, you know, boss. So I don't think it's even um, worth, you know, mentioning it as some things. I guess you just pick your battles, but, you know, it's very obvious, you know, what my title is, what the reporting structure is now, who I report to, you know, where I am in the office. But I just thought it was interesting that when this was presented all over, you know, the organization, um, you know, my name was, uh, you know, very last on the list and also, you know, grouped in with, um her uh, direct reports, and I guess it's just another way of showing or trying to take ownership, you know, of me. Although I still, you know, report to someone else. But um, like I said, it's just uh, I'm sure just wanted to share that quick report, and I don't have any, you know, other matters to uh, report at this time. Um, like I just said, I just don't think it's worth bringing bringing it up because um it's always done intentional as in also you know like whenever we have emails that go out regarding you know different organizational procedural type changes you know i have my group in the office that i report to and i update them but she always you know has a way to you know even though they send it out i send to my group but she will go back and you know send me the email and CC, you know, my group of uh, people, even though they haven't gotten it, well, as if they haven't gotten it, you know, like I'm not, you know, doing, you know, my job or, you know, just always trying to intercede. And, you know, they she did have a pizza party, which I did not attend. So I, you know, my won't be, you know, getting too many calories in the office. Um, but with that, being said that's the only i guess two reports i wanted to share for this week and i thank you for listening
12: Hmm. they probably have some uh unjust networking uh going on at the office because i forgot i totally forgot that you were going to leave you were telling us that (laughs) earlier this year like because uh, they were the dude was flirting with you, and then they were getting because you wouldn't come out and drink with them and go to the Christmas party. You're like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> like, this is lame environment. I'm out of here. And uh, the supervisor, I guess one of the higher ups came. was like, oh man, you're valued, but labor shortages and all that. I told you, I said, you're valued. You're one of our better employees. Like, what could we do to keep you? And he said, we'll see. You know, we can get you some more money or whatever it was. Uh, and yeah, I I do remember that. Uh, I think we even talked about that on the program. Yeah, and I suspect—just I could be totally incorrect. It could be. One, you are a competent employee. I don't know if people knew if you. You know, I think you did say you actually submitted your two weeks resignation, and he came and talked you out of leaving. So I don't know if that got around to where people. Oh my gosh nigga woman is leaving hurrah, hurrah. that could have been the case i've been in environments where that happens everybody knows like within minutes of you you know submitting those type of plans or what have you uh and then whoa re she's gonna be like oh my gosh her nigga woman's gonna be with us. i can't believe it that could be the case the unjust networking and and particularly if it's like a pattern of white guy comes is flirting She's not responsive. Hey, why don't you come out and have some drinks with it? Particularly, you don't sound exactly like you're eighty years old. So if you're not eating pizza and all the rest of it, if you are fit, reasonably attractive, these white guys are getting all the sexual attention. Like I am sure that, and you're competent. I'm sure all the white women there hate your guts. The white woman that's inviting you. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. How could they not? That's she, obvious.
7: She. She does. Well, and that's what I sensed that, you know, they, like you said, it did get around that I was going to leave and I did not tell anyone other than who needed to know, but I did have various managers inquiring about this. This was like, a, I think it was maybe, I want to say back in April, um, but I feel like there is some sort of jealousy because now my white manager, this male who was flirting, is, has all of a sudden like completely done a, you know, change as much as the change a white supremacist can, can do if you want to call it that. And he thinks the um, relationship in the office that you have to have with your superior, um, it, it's changed and it's gotten better. And I don't know if the white woman has, is seeing that. And now all of a sudden, you know, you know, she, every chance she gets, which is not much because I, you know, avoid that part of the office. But, you know, any little uh, jab, she can throw in indirectly, you know, the the darts she does. But I do sense that there is hostility, um, you know, from her now that that a manager has kind of, you know, stepped in and said, okay, um, this is, uh, you know, she reports back here. She sits, you know, with us. She works with us. It's not going to be where you're going to um, try to, I guess, overstep your boundaries and put her in your category. So she just does it um, on the wide-scale organizational level so that the other people see or they may think, oh, well, she reports to me, but, you know, that is not the case. I report to the assistant director, not her. But, yes, I do feel that there is some kind of contempt now all of a sudden. But, you know, I'm just going to – as long as, you know, I get my paycheck – there's um, there's not overt hostility because, you know, everything with the mail manager, mail director has changed, you know, I'm just going to try to hang in there, especially since we are um, headed or already in, you know, a recession. So I you, know, you definitely don't want to, I feel, you know, be trying to jump around to too many jobs. But that, that's just from what I'm seeing. And I'll, I'll meet my line and I won't interrupt. I just wanted to add that additional information for more context
12: yes ma'am much obliged much obliged but yeah that's I'm sure there's been all kinds of unjust networking like all of that like any one of the really you could be like obese 500 pounds 70 years old totally incompetent and they would still mistreat you that's just the system of white supremacy but ooh, we incompetent this nigga woman tried to leave And they oh no we got to keep you and they're flirting with her she's attractive not eating potato chips all day long that is exactly why we're gonna put her name last wrong title might even misspell her name like all of that no count heifer Uh, and then she's not gonna come we invite oh why don't you come to our conference oh no I'm gonna no count heifer (laughs) and they just go and talk and do all their unjust networking all day long like that's totally the environment that you have I think that that is uh, the correct choice to take in terms of response to that like when they do all their little trifling antics and put the wrong title up as though you report to her and then uh, put you last when they send out this information to everybody just document I would just make note that you know they do have inaccurate cuz we say that all the time strive for accuracy so i would just note you know they have my incorrect information uh listed for my name uh me being the last i would just note that you know personally uh but and keep it moving not eating uh in the workplace especially pizza and all that stuff like if they she didn't say they asked but they asked for any details like you know anything <laughs> like i'm real selective about food they still got the covid-19 Uh, situation on i already ate i already brought food in like it's a long list i got peanut allergies lactose intolerant like blah 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 blah, blah. gluten-free like all of it like yeah at the end of the day i'm good on the pizza for now and forever much obliged which generally infuriates uh, white people in the workplace like they, for whatever reason, think of that as the most uppity act ever like we've starved these Negroes forever and you have the audacity to turn down a biscuit from me oh, should beat you right now force me, <laughs> like that generally is the attitude that they will take frequently about the food, who can, that's even more of a reason not to eat anything, but Incidentally, I do want to touch on that because she didn't say that this was, you know, a spectacular racism free environment. Not at all. She said she's got these trifling racist. Well, she said white supremacist, racist white women. And even note that pattern, because, right, she called in previously just within the last couple of weeks. And she said that different white man came back there flirting with her, came back in her work area. He doesn't even work back there loitering comes like hey did you know uh, my wife is colored Mm -hmm. Mm want to hang out with us for the weekend Mm -hmm." now again like I said those treacherous white women they see this like what What? who is this nigga woman what every white man here is getting a they hate your guts he's not her supervisor either We talked about that. We said that with Renithia Tate's book. Mr. Fuller said that, too, where a lot of times all this sexual abuse happens in work environments where we males and females, we can't say no. Same thing plantation. I say the job is a plantation. Same thing where you can't say no. Now, he's not her supervisor, but he is a supervisor. We just talked about that. Same thing with this white woman. She's not. Her supervisor, the white woman, uh, is not her supervisor, but she's a supervisor. And you get the same tacky behavior, whether it's I'm coming back and I do you come. Same thing we talk. Do you come and chat it up with everybody to let them know you're swirling? Why are you back here talking to me? I'm not even one of your subordinates. White woman that I also don't report to now you got to claim me and send out this tacky email as though though I'm one of your subordinates when I'm not and then put me at the bottom of the boat bottom of the list all of that notwithstanding in this environment even with labor shortages and everything and I think we said that I think that was my recommendation back then like eh, I don't know if I would want to hop away that much like especially if they are willing to make some accommodations like if you can get an extra vacation day a few extra nickels or whatever it is like eh? kind of wacky right now COVID-19 and everything else like eh? whichever pl- plantation that we go to next that you go to next no guarantee that it's going to be any better could be 20 of you know the worst racist that you got on this job on the next job And they all flirt with you, the males and the females. So if you got to go, you got to go. But, man, sometimes hang in there until for sure, for sure. All right. I've got something that looks way better. I've checked it out. I've done my research, better salary, and time to get out of here. Working on our counter-racist codification in the meantime. Uh, Much obliged for sharing uh the number again is 720 716 7300 the code 564943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate and the young lady that just spoke that's Exactly why I a thousand percent endorse for males and females. We heard nine Clemson grad. He said before he wore his bright orange. I think he said his wife got him like, oh, you look great in this. Melon you look awesome. Get out there in that sunshine. All that might be true. Been eating well, doing my yoga. Look at that slim waist. Pow! I'll get out there and show. All that might be great. All that leads to exactly what he said. Hey. Did you uh, play with Deshaun Watson? You look like one of those old football legends. Mm. Now I say, not that that couldn't happen if we wear, you know, dark colors, beige, lots of those, that (laughs) type of thing. I'm just saying, hey, you already are going to get lots of racist attention anyway if you are fit competent you eat well drink your water not drinking juicy juice and eating Funyuns and what have you Ooh, racist hey because they work so hard we're supposed to be eating McDonald's cheeseburgers and all that they work so hard to have us out of shape and tubby and everything like Gus used to be when that's not the case oh man you're fit and attractive and looking like you're trying to get the universal man universal woman they hate your guts So part of that code, logical, competent, all the rest of it with the dress. I'm not coming in here trying to show out like, whoo, wear my bright colors and my short skirt. No, prudish. That's why we said we're the same. You get the same type slacks, blouse, blazer, whatever it is. Bam, no bright colors. It's one hairdo. That's what we talked about for the young ladies, all of that. That's another part of the reason why I try to minimize as much as possible. I'm not here trying to show out and get lots of sexual attention or what have you. Some of that might happen anyway, but I am not sending out that signal at all. I am not trying to encourage that at all. Here to work, here to be professional. Uh, Before we nab the other folks who dialed in just to make sure that I was not lying, NPR they interviewed uh at 81 Disney's first African American animator is still in the studio this is from August 2016 I'm skipping down through uh it's a lengthy interview that they did with him so I'm skipping down through most of it uh so he gets and he talks about they talk a lot about racism uh over the years and black people being hired at Disney's studio and the films Representation of black people over the years. Uh, Anyway, so he, they say, let's see. All right. When Floyd Norman turned 65 years old, still at his creative peak, Disney forced him to retire, though he never really went away. so did you feel underappreciated at the moment they let you go Norman not underappreciated but disappointed disappointed because I wanted to continue to work you see creative people don't hang it up we don't walk away we don't want to sit on a lawn chair we don't want to go out and play golf we don't want to travel the world we want to continue to work. And so I was disappointed when I realized I was age 65 and my career was essentially over. Well it wasn't over because I found out I was able to continue to work. NPR interviewer, you did and you kept coming to Disney and actually somewhat, Norman, laughter I guess I did, NPR interviewer uh, coined the term Loitering, which i guess is what happens when floyd is loitering tell me what exactly that was referring to well that's correct i had the opportunity once i retired from full-time employment I came back to Disney Studio to work as a freelancer and so most freelancers work at home and they bring their work in once the job is completed. Well I decided I didn't want to work at home. I missed the camaraderie of the big studio. I missed talking to people. I missed being around the action. And so I decided I wanted to just stick around Disney. So I... You weren't going anywhere? I found an empty office and I moved in I was probably in violation of some rule or law or whatever but there I was and I'll stop there again so they called this floitering as though he's loitering not a respected elder who's worked here for decades you could even make up an illustrator emeritus at Disney Studios, Floyd Norman. They could do it like that. No, he's floitering when he actually is still employed. I mean, if you're freelancing, you're not floitering. They could have just said, "Oh, he's freelancing, right?" You, I mean, hey, we could be dignified. We could find a an empty broom closet. All right, so all right, we'll put Floyd over in the broom closet. Now we don't have to look at him. Don't have to be around him and all that. Whoopee. They couldn't even do that. He's a criminal. Right. That would have been Mr. Fuller. Out there did all that. And then I'm um, floitering. He would have just called that. I put that. Write that down. Floitering. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Floitering Why <laughs> get them to explain and write it down. Floitering. What does that spell that? Floitering. Fullering. I don't know. Doesn't have the same ring. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up, if you have commentary to share, line should be open. Proceed. Can I be heard? Non-Clemson grad, perhaps Miss C. Uh, nah, she's falling
6: asleep. It's been a long day. <laughs> but um, I have a couple of stories. Um, I will say, you know, going in context to those first couple of clips. Um, I had my first job at the age of fourteen, and I worked at a day camp with children, like a like a teacher or you know a babysitter for the most part. Um, Nothing close to working in a factory where I could lose fingers or limbs. Uh, That's an interesting one. Um, Also, last week I reported that the woman who likened me to the office contagion, the one who moved out of my department to another department. I forgot to report how how um, subversive uh, she was while she was in the department. So for example, in one of our last public meetings over this last month, asked the new white female planner, can she go get some post-its so people could write notes onto the map so they didn't have to write directly onto the map. Um, To me, that's a bit neater. And um, I I asked her, why don't you go ask the other um, planning manager because he had a whole bunch of posters for another public meeting, for other public meetings we did um, several months ago. Um, So um, as I asked her to do that, the woman who is merely an administrative assistant, she turns around and says to the new planner, don't bother him with that, just get them from your office. So anytime basically I might um, ask her to go do something. Now keep in mind, I will say this, I am not this woman's boss, she's just um, a simple new planner. Trying to learn her way around the trade, and you know, I try to give her tasks and help her give her, you know, so she can learn a job. Um, But every time I try to ask her to do something, um, you know, she has some subversive remark to, um, you know, add to it. Or if I, you know, had a responsibility, but I needed to get assistance from this former administrator, she would have, she would feel the need to go back to the manager and make sure what I'm asking is reasonable within my authority. Um, I am so happy that uh white b word is gone. That 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 kind of stuff happened way 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 too much. Now on to my main story. This arises from a conversation I had with my manager as we were driving down for um for a meeting for planners in the state. Um, so I basically just read the story as I wrote it. Let's see, where is it at? Oh, and before I said that, I will also report the white uh, the white woman who was scared to come to our home-based dance business, she ended up coming today and um, taking another dance lesson, and she had her two daughters with her, and they bought a dance, and she bought a dance package, so she will return. So, made a couple of extra smackles, I suppose. Anyway, here's my story. My manager asked me if any of my research has led me across anything associated with victim-blaming for traffic incidents. He then elaborated about a meeting he had where a bike advocate laid into an engineer for victim blaming. Apparently, this was because of an idea that when anyone is walking or biking at night, they should wear bright colored clothing to be more easily seen by people driving. He asked me, what is the disconnect between bike advocates and engineers? I told him victim blaming is a reference to how news articles talk about people walking or biking are seriously injured or killed in traffic incidents. Subjects, verb, objects. Objects cannot verb subjects. This is something that you learn in grade school. Articles talk about traffic incidents incorrectly. Most articles use the passive voice to obfuscate the outcome for people walking, biking, killed, or seriously injured. For For the bike advocate to lay into the engineer as a victim blaming is misplaced. But he can blame the engineer for the roadway design. The advocate's reasoning, I believe, is misplaced. Ironically, It's usual people like the engineers to say things like the person we're um walking to wear um walking should wear bright clothing. Though this may have helped, I know this to be superficial logic. Brighter clothing is not a defense for two tons crashing into a human body, seen or not. I was trying to explain how road design creates these conflicts that lead to these tragedies. Then my manager talked about the idea that we don't model transportation for people walking and biking because it doubles the cost of transportation modeling. I responded that that strikes me as circular logic not not to because if one thing to say people don't walk or bike, therefore we don't model it, and we don't model it because people don't walk and bike. This is akin to trying to decide the need for a bridge based on the amount of people who are swimming across the river, metaphor. Is this racism? Not directly. In my professional opinion, the racism occurs based on engineers and planners' approach to roadway safety and the disproportionate death and serious injuries of non-white people, which have been talked about many times on, on the cows. But in news articles, they say some, um, they'll say say someone has was hit by a car. In essence, an object verb, a subject, which is impossible. Passive voice instead of active voice. The article should read, a driver hit a person walking, because consequences can only go in one direction. The person outside the vehicle is the one that is harmed. A person has never hit a vehicle, and a vehicle was harmed. My manager keeps saying that these um, um there isn't enough money to do safety projects. Then I asked him, what is the most dangerous maneuver on the road? Eventually, he got to, uh, to left turns, especially across traffic. Understanding that left turns are the most dangerous maneuver, What is the cheapest, easiest thing you can do to prevent that dangerous maneuver? My manager said, center turn lane medians to prevent left turns. Then I asked if that would cost a lot of money compared to completely having to redesign the road. For the most part, he said, no, especially if it's temporary material. If this is true, can you now see the disconnect between people complaining about deaths and serious injuries and engineers unwillingness to do something about it? It's not because they can't, the engineers I'm saying. It's clearly because they choose not to. It's not, a, uh, it's not a money issue. It's a will issue. My manager then said that such a thing is unlikely to happen because someone sued the state transportation department saying that such a thing would be a taking. A taking happens in two situations, either by using eminent domain to take someone's property or creating a situation where a property is unusable or, un- or inaccessible. I must admit that my manager intrigued me with this so I'll be doing some research into the state supreme court case that prevents left turn safety projects. And with that, that is the end of my uh, story.
12: Hmm, fascinating. Uh, Non-Clemson grad. Uh, to- tomorrow on the compensatory call-in. I think the last segment will be about black bikers. That'll be for tomorrow, nine PM Eastern, six PM Pacific. We'll have more on black cyclists and the problems they face. Tomorrow, Mississippi specifically. Um, congratulations uh on getting returned business. I guess you were her black brother indeed. Um Again, now, or brother, indeed. Again, there was, you know, different opinion about what that meant. But, hey, return business, find a package, bring in other folks. Bravo. Call that word of mouth. Bravo all the way around. Bravo. Make that money. Um. The, the whole, the, the, the white, the racist white woman who called you the contagion uh, and you just, you know, this fella has a lot of post-its. Oh, yeah, just go, you know, He's got barrels of them. Go grab a few. Oh my gosh, just go get me the post-its. Don't bother him with that. (laughs) Like, man, like, is his time really that much more valuable than mine? (laughs) Like, this is not, you know, you're asking him to stop and go write a 500-page document or what ha- I mean, 30 seconds. Can you grab me those post-its? Much obliged. 30 seconds. (laughs) Like, I mean, what the world? I don't understand. Like that always—that assumption. The Negro's time is less value. You're not doing anything anyway. Out here infecting people and raping folks. Like, yeah, you know, give me the just give me the postits, man. Anywho, um, that is fascinating. The whole uh, talk about the the victim blaming for who gets hit and blah blah blah. I think most of what he said is in Angie Schmidt's book Right of Way she was a guest on the program this time last summer racism big theme in her book she was recommended by non Clemson grad Uh, lots of constructive details in that book Um, only just because and I just mentioned her book when we had Jason Knight on the program he did the work on walkability in Buffalo, meaning uh, is it easy? is it safe to walk in a particular area? are you, are you gonna be likely to be able to walk without being ran over uh, by an SUV and all the like? or can you bike and that sort of thing uh, without being hit and struck can you get to a lot of things easily accessible uh, accessibly? Uh, and he talked about how in Buffalo, pretty predictably, the areas without black people, have much higher walkability scores even though the non-black people meaning the white people uh, and even some of the non-black non-white people they have they are higher, higher ratios of vehicle owners than the black residents in Buffalo so for them walking is a luxury but they still have better options than the black people that seems to be true in enough areas that I think they know white people know anything where we're not going to have crosswalks and that sort of thing, where it's going to be more dangerous for pedestrians. They already know black people are disproportionately pedestrians. So yeah, and especially anything that's like an easy and South Carolina listed. It's one of the States she talked about in the book. They have lots of black people in South Carolina, one of the most unsafe places unless the data in her book is out of date now Uh, but she said that's one of the most unsafe states in the U.S. for pedestrians in terms of uh, vehicle fatalities for pedestrians whereas Washington State one of the safest much lower population of black people even though Washington State has a higher population of people than South Carolina unless my memory as uh, bad, but that was something that stood out to me when I looked at the data uh in her book anywho um yeah that's that is fascinating because some of those at the having the ability to make some of these safety changes, but they don't have the will, and they just come up with all these lame excuses. Uh, that She talks about that in her book on a regular basis. Like some of this, like, wait a minute. We're not talking drones. We're not talking building a new highway. Some of this, we're just talking like a crosswalk. A can of paint. Woo. 21st century technology. White paint, even. We could get the brightest of white paint. But I mean a crosswalk even that is like i don't know Mm -hmm. even what he said like man it'll be interesting when you do your research like hey we could these left turns they're dangerous that's something also that would not take a lot of highfalutin technology we could switch that around so we don't have to deal with that oh no we've already had supreme court case about that an interesting eminent domain Hmm. we talked about that in South Carolina when we read J. Strom Thurman in uh May Washington Williams book, Dear Senator, he helped with eminent domain in getting property from black people, we think, in Aiken County. Not to go back, check the exact location, but I mean, he was an attorney, that part, I'm for sure, for sure, it would just be about what location, but that is interesting, particularly if this was eminent domain to stop with these traffic safety measures, who brought this suit I wonder was it a white person why did they bring this suit was some property gonna be like yeah that'd be interesting to check especially if this was hey we're trying to do this in the name of safety and oh no 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 who would oppose this that would be interesting details to know but yes much obliged for non Clemson grad uh, safety for folks out in the summertime for sure if you're out And about on foot, taking advantage of the warm weather. Man, be alert and cautious. Lots of drunk drivers out on the road acting nutty as well. So lots of things to uh, take in mind. Uh, Let's see. And even before we move, just for difference, here in Seattle and in other places, they're exclusively doing more of the designing areas, no cars. That's what they're doing in downtown Seattle right now. They are uh, changing the area where the piers are, uh, like where the Ferris wheel and all that and making that no car zone uh, where you can just walk and enjoy that way. Hey, all kinds of pedestrian safety there. I think she talks about that in right of way, like that's the new trend in many of the major cities like London. And I just said uh, downtown Seattle, I think New York City and some other places are looking at having areas that are no cars, all pedestrian sidewalks, crosswalks all that jazz make it safe not just thinking for having white people in their big SUVs to run over people all the time anywho uh, other folks who dialed in if you have a hand up commentary to share Uh, line should be open proceed Have uh, Bay Area mom, yes, ma'am.
4: I'm, I'm sorry, I was, I wasn't. I was, today, so I was waiting, giving people a chance. But well, it's my turn. I'm at work a little bit, so bear with me. Um, bus driver, uh, substitute teacher for the bus. The bus drivers are substitute teachers. Oh my goodness, how desperate, right? um Okay, okay. And this is who's teaching this, the children, things like that, people coming from Iran or Iraq or whatever, the armed services, and then start teaching the children. Um, okay, so Aaron McGruder. Uh, uh, I love Aaron McGruder. as uh, a comic uh, strip. I remember he used to do comic strips uh, because I said that my son read those comic strip when he was little. And when he got the cartoon gig, it was around my space time, so it was so exciting. And and I noticed his script. I was like, "Oh, they're gonna do something about it." And sure enough, so I missed them, and I didn't get a chance to do the uh, Franklin dance. I, I must say, I don't know where I was. Probably not born. Um, this is my first week back at work at the place I was telling you about. So, um, I uh, it's a, I guess it's a middle school, high school for. Uh, children with disabilities maybe some kind of uh, spectrum it's uh kind of for white kids but you know you got to be open for everybody because you want
8: mm-hmm. you know you
4: want everybody to come because it fills the school and case the bills so it's maybe 75 kids maybe i'll be there till school starts at my um other city so um at this school where the uh you know, it's I guess you have to take a COVID test, so I had to go in and take a COVID test and, and I'm looking however I'm looking. And um I guess I'm uh the RBT for this little boy who is uh
1: he's um
4: oh, I guess he's eleven. He's eleven. So um cool little guy. Uh I thought it was a little more would be a little more organized than it was. As soon as I was upstairs uh, trying to get my instructions to see what to do next. Somebody popped out. Well, it was a kid, probably eighth grade. Probably jumped out and said, 40 poppin' time. So, uh, so um, a parent, um, a, a kid came out and just made this, uh, Did this gesture and um, started dancing. And then I just said, Oh my goodness, what kind of environment am I getting
12: in? Uh oh. It's like your audio went out. We were hearing you. Heard, uh, okay. okay, we got you now.
4: I'm sorry okay, thank you, thank you so anyway um the the kid uh does that um I'm waiting, so they're not as friendly, but they're still there um, i uh i so I'm asking you know what do I do, where do I go so they tell me and they show the little me the little guy and um so I said, okay, so I need a behavior intervention plan. you have the c i p Nobody knows anything. When I first got there, it's this black lady and I find out she's the teacher. She just started there with me, but so she was very, very friendly and, um, too friendly. She was talking like she had been working there for years and she's talking. And then I said, she's like, I just started here. I like, I'm the teacher. I said, Oh my gosh, young teacher, maybe like, I think 30 is pushing me. So, um, black, um, the head teacher, another guy who I, was a teacher he is um uh maybe look like he'd been there for some years the principal come to find out he's a black guy he just got that position this year like this week uh, when our school started last week so um after that uh he he, he doesn't talk nobody really communicates they just send you where you're going and when i read the google reviews they're real distant with the, uh, the beginning staff, the initial staff. They don't give, they're getting the worst clients. They expect you to leave the turnaround rate is awful. So, um, so with that, um, I'm, uh, just trying to figure out where am I at? So, um, I, I get to, um, the classroom, I'm with the kids,
10: so I'm giving them advice on what
4: to do because there's absolutely nothing to do. Nothing to do. And uh, there's old, outdated games, games way advanced for the kids. Kids not even wanting to be there. It's like maybe four kids in two to three different classes. Um, the fact that I'm supposedly in whenever they repair it, even though it's open, is two kids, maybe three. Uh, the little boy is um, maybe sixth and seventh grade. So when I read his VIP, um, it's more of uh, he has a lot of issues that they can't accommodate. So when you're dealing with children on the spectrum or anyone with disabilities, you have to you have to you have you can't wait to wait and figure out how to get to know them. Every little thing you should already have read up you should know about the kid you should have already read up about whatever their behaviors are whatever they need all the stuff should have already been done um so i'm asking for nobody knows what the teacher Says she doesn't have access this black one so the white guy i'm just i'm just i'm just basically babysitting so by tuesday the little boy didn't rest i said where's the schedule he needs a schedule well we I well, I don't have anything. We're getting that. So I asked the wife guy. I said, Where's his where's his behavior intervention plan? Like, mom, his mom his mom had printed up a uh portfolio. Some kind of thing, like a laminated thing with his picture on it and all the things he likes and doesn't like. And um uh oh dear. So all the things he likes and doesn't like and uh then um uh, laminated it to get to the school. So I said, I can't do anything with that. That's for you. That's not for me. I need his behavior intervention plan. And so they went and got one. It was older, like maybe 2019. And, um, I didn't care because it doesn't matter how old it is. I just need it to be, I just need something, a blueprint. So, um, <laughs> lo and behold, when I pull it up, my BCBA is the one who did the the whole thing. She did it. She's coming from the school, one of the, my schools. Um, I know the teacher. I know the, I know everybody. So it was perfect. So, um, for me, cause I can understand what it was. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, they I said, okay, so this is doable. Okay. So he needs this, he needs a schedule, he needs this. And they're looking at me like. Mm, okay, Mm, okay, but nobody's doing it. So um, (laughs) I keep giving all these suggestions, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. They're just like, oh, that might be a good idea. What do you think? I have to ask the teacher. So the teacher says no, or basically says no because it doesn't happen. So the kids are just restless. Everybody's ready to go. By the third day, the other, the one that I have, he's very restless, so um, oh, it's awful. So by the time I get off on Wednesday, I meet his mom, both his moms. No, thank you. I meet both his moms, and um, you know, I speak or what have you. I don't do too much conversation. So I heard that the mom, the mom wanted to talk to me. So um, I didn't. I end up calling. Texting the BCBA and asking her what she called me because I know this is not her district. No, thank you. But this is her case. So, um, or this was her case. She knows about the case. So lo and behold, she knows more than I know. She even knows that I'm there, all this stuff. They just didn't tell me. They didn't, they didn't tell me a lot of stuff. So she said, yeah, I know all about it. Um, I know where you are. I know. So I said, Well I need super, I need supervision. And so she said uh, she asked me what was going on, so I'm telling her so by Thursday I supposed we had a meeting on Friday with the uh head of special needs and uh I guess the teacher and me. That never happened. So to keep in mind this new teacher, she's she's very new, started Monday. She doesn't have any information. So um
8: <laughs>
4: She's like, They won't give me anything. I don't have anything. I said, Well have you read his VIP? She's like, no, they really haven't given me anything. So I said, Um, okay. Um then uh thereafter, Thursday, text rush through. He's starting hitting throwing the little Because there's nothing to do. He's now we're in this sensory room. So he ended up in the sensory room. I sat in the sensory room with him all day. The sensory room isn't even a sensory room. It's an idea of a sensory room because it's not put together. There's no ventilation. Ah! So we sat in there all day. So then they run and tell the parents, oh, he had a bad day. He said the F-bomb, all this stuff. So I just walked away. Um, <laughs> He ended up... Uh, he, he does touch a lot. He says, F-U-C-K starts with F. And, you know, um, he... uh. It's just sad, and um, they don't have – the program doesn't accommodate his needs, but it's an expensive school. So um, I sat in there with them all day uh, yesterday. So I text. My VCDA asked me – told me she needs to do a meeting with me on Zoom next week, pick a day. So I said, as soon as possible. So his mom's not going to even let him stay at the school. I can tell. So anyway, I ran into the mom today, uh, and she said, what happened yesterday? How What's the sensory room like? So I described the sensory room, and then she said, oh, boy. And I said, and I, I leave um, at uh, 18. That's my last day. And she said, well, I don't need a babysitter. Yeah, I need him to do some work. And she said, they already, when I asked how his day was, they said he was calm. And then yesterday they run up to me saying, he's saying all this. I don't, want, I don't care about him being calm. I want him to do some work. So um, crazy day on the plantation, but uh, they don't know who I am. They're very nervous to staff because of the way I come in. I come in serious and about my business. I will report you. I will report everything I see. I'm supervised. So now my supervisor is involved. So I'll give you having a zoom meeting on Monday so she can see the environment. So. I'm not affected at all. I just do what I have to do. But these schools are really tricky with our children. And thank you for taking my call. I'll mute my line. And excuse the background noise. I'm at job, too. Okay. Thank you.
12: Much obliged. Bay Area Mommy. Um, I don't know, man. We talked about that, like, a lot. She mentioned that at the very beginning being on a job, even with other uh, people who are classified as black hey, they could have eight black great-grandparents who were all born in Charleston South Carolina eight black great-grandparents, make sure I said it correctly all born in Charleston, South Carolina would not make any difference to me at all we are not homies, pals, none of that. And especially, we haven't been working together—you know, five, ten, twenty years. Nothing. We haven't been working together five days. You haven't even been working at this job like fifty days. Much less coming in here all chummy and hey, what's going? <laughs> like? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, slow all that down. I uh, say that consistently. Just because this person is classified as black, and I am too that does not mean we are long lost sisters brothers whatever else they work here i work here just trying to be professional you can be courteous and all that but i mean woo, slow all that down can lead to trouble uh she continues she says uh and she hasn't worked there that much she finds out that lots of these black people at this school have not been working there very long which you know everybody has to get a start but the training component now that's one now he had already been talking to us for the last few weeks saying hey they haven't even trained her uh correctly they got these special needs clients child requires the hoyer lift has anybody been trained with the hoyer lift anybody anybody nobody trained with the hoyer. okay <laughs> all right like that we've already heard that So now we got all these new staff, probably the same thing where they haven't been adequately trained. And then they give them the worst client, meaning the most challenging, difficult clients that is so consistent in the system of white supremacy. And I mean, in so many different, different facets. Uh, I think we talked earlier this month, uh, If you're classified as white, some of that nepotism and cronyism will be you're classified as white and your homie works in HR or scheduling or whatever it is. So they always make sure that you have the really nice schedules. You know, you get the Friday off if you want it. Anytime you put in vacation requests, they never have you coming in at some goofy like uh, have you coming in. 6.30 6.30 a.m. on Wednesday and then have you come in at 11 p.m. on Thursday. Never, never. Or when it comes time to divvy out the clients, the white people, they get all of the easy students, no behavioral problems, quiet, 4.0 4. GPA. They give you all those. The black clients, oh, my God, you got Susie the spitter. Oh, man, you got to watch this one likes to do the wrestling moves. They give you all these difficult like, man, this is my first day on the job. And oh, man, and he set the class. Oh, we got to fire me all this. You got to be going. And, oh, they gave me all the difficult students. Oh, that call that setting you up to fail. That is standard operating procedure in a number, of, even the not training you, even if they had given you spectacular and easy clients, if you aren't trained adequately, that alone setting you up to fail. She said, and I mean, talk about setting you, I could just say that over and over and over. I'll pause just to get in Dr. Wells and she says, when you play around with sex, the joke is on the offspring Bay Area mom educator said oh my lord they're snatching bus drivers again I don't think she was disparaging bus drivers but I'm just saying they weren't hired to teach the algebra class man quality of educate if it's that desperate and like I said a lot of places don't even have bus drivers to steal play around with sex. The bus driver ends up teaching your child AP English. Anyway, she said that they got these children in here, many of them special needs, non-white children, needing resources, needing a schedule, schedule. Yeah. <laughs> she She asks for the behavioral plan, I hey, said, oh well, well, his mother sent us this nice laminated card, which is helpful, I mean that's that's great, you know, but she says, no, 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 where is the behavioral plan? Hmm. got this old question asked Nickron coming in here asking about <laughs> what what what? She gets the behavior. let's be serious with us. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Starts with the plan says we should do this. Let's do this. What do you think about this? Hmm. 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 Nah. <laughs> she, says, she says they, they say, oh, well, ask the teacher. Or, you know, that sounds good. And then they don't do it. That's the sort of thing now. Have you read the plan? And you don't care, or you've not read the plan because you don't care either way, we end up at the same spot. It just seems like eh, throw away children, Nigras. throw away staff too come them either, really schedule <laughs> need a schedule for Jamal here. <laughs> waiting to send him to the penitentiary. That's the schedule. What do you mean? Schedule. Get him some munchables and send him on his way at the end of the day. What's the problem? She said his mother... No, no, no. I don't want him to be calm. That's not the goal of school. When is that the goal of school? To be calm. Just make sure that Willie doesn't say a few F-bombs. Incidentally, like, ooh-wee. Man from the mouths of babes that would be a reason for a couple of things not to use profanity yourself and what is that moron who says if you're going to have children not having a television in the house lots of profanity comes out of the TV and the system of white supremacy racism and the type of music which is often on the television but those would be some of the places where I would guess a young person could probably hear a lot of profanity. F bombs galore. Anyway, uh but yeah, I mean yeah, these are throwaway shits are scheduled. Now his mom says, hey, I don't want him to be calm. I want him to learn. I want him to do some work. That's what you're supposed that's what I thought school was for. Do some work. Not, oh man, I was calm. I don't ever remember that them saying that's the goal to see if you can go and be calm for eight hours. It was go and do some work. See if you can learn as much as you possibly can in the eight hours that you're there. The teacher's like, what? Learn. <laughs> do some work. Schedule. Who is this Negro? What is she talking <laughs> That's not what we're here. That's that's not what we're here to do. These are nigger children. We don't work. Just want them to be calm. Watch a little television. Eat some Lunchables. She said, uh, "Being her, she's such an anath or the antithesis of their program. Trying to help these young people. Let's do some work." let's get a schedule together let's look at their plans so we can try to maximize what we're doing here Ooh, that is consistent in the system of white supremacy just having competent black people that bothers a lot of white people and even a lot of non-white people you don't have to come in talking about Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey and all this and reparation none of that Neely Fuller none of that serious she's asking for the behavioral plan. (laughs) like oh my lord who is this militant negra asking for behavioral (laughs) just being serious and competent if you are classified as black is enough to unnerve a lot of folks because they have conditioned and trained us to be super silly about everything I'm not saying that you said the young lady was silly because you certainly did not. You said she was too friendly. But to me, that's going right into just entertainment and laughy and jokey and not being serious. They even said that the illustrator, he didn't say going into this being laughy and we're joking and goofy. That's some of the characters names, right? Goofy and all that. And, ha-ha and uh, No, this is serious. That's the way that we need to function as long as we're in a system of white supremacy. And I mean, man, you're on the plantation of work? Ooh, it's super serious all the time. Serious black people. Man, that's black people with a code. Number again, 720 716 7300 the code five six four, four pounds Press star 6-1 if you would like to participate. Uh, other folks who dialed in with us, uh, if you have commentary to share, proceed. Hello. Uh, good
4: evening. Hope you have everybody. Um. So, um, it's an interesting evening. I had my partner with me. We're coming back from the hospital, and I heard you mention something about cyclists and um, people on, uh you know, basically pedestrians being hit. So, I was calling to ask, does anyone know how to uh, get a plate number from a license? Because... Ironically, he was struck by a vehicle today while riding his scooter. The driver, was the driver white? Yes. So the driver was white. He got out of the vehicle, and he offered him uh, a large sum of money in cash and told him that he didn't want to go through his insurance. But my my partner's collarbone is broken. It's not broken in multiple places, but it's broken, and now he's down. can't work and he's in pain. Um and it's you know, it's just gonna increase as time goes on. So I in my mind would, you know, instruct him to, you know, call an attorney, give the information about where the accident was and the and the info he has from the license. But I'm just trying to see if I can do a little bit more um investigation on my own and I just don't know how to go about getting a license plate. Um, you know, from from a license, and uh, but he does know where it occurred, and um, also he, uh, has the make and model of the vehicle, which should help. Um, and I'm thinking, if need be, the camera, uh, you know, camera footage could be subpoenaed if necessary. But that's all I was going to say. And yeah, son, <laughs> for black uh, black scooters, bikers, and, and pedestrians,
12: for sure. I'll mute my line. Thank you. Wow. I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, man, that is terrible. I'm sorry you all had to, to endure that. Um, thoughts and prayers out to your partner uh, and... Lots of uh, healing and man, like that, all that unnecessary pain and everything else. Glad you're still with us. I mean, yeah, glad you're you're still with us. Glad it was not uh, a fatal injury, but man, that is uh, horrendous. Um, Yeah, thoughts and prayers uh, to you uh, as you and hopefully a speedy and total recovery. Um, Louisiana, incidentally, another one of those places, large population of black people, unsafe for black pedestrians cyclists I said our report tomorrow is Mississippi so that's all in that little area what they call it the black belt anyway um, I'm not sure if you all have called the police or not that would have been especially if it's a white person I guess the, I mean hindsight is 2020 20, but anytime time there's a vehicle accident even if it's just a minor uh what they call fender bender if it really anybody but especially if it is a white person call the police immediately they any sort of nonsense or you know i don't want to go through the insurance and and report and you know all that other stuff whatever Uh, they hop out and offer you a million dollars like it could be counterfeit like who knows Um, check whatever Uh, and even if they do call the police even if you took it they offer you $50,000 cash on the spot they pull out a a briefcase and you know got bricks of cash and okay $50,000 here we go bang I would still call the I mean that's just number one that's the uh, law any sort of accident what have you uh, vehicle accident that is supposed to be reported um so i would call the police uh if he left the scene there was an accident that right there is leaving the scene of an accident in most jurisdictions i'm not a lawyer what have you not an enforcement official but i mean police are supposed to be called any sort of vehicle collision especially you got an accident so i would hope the police have been called uh if you all didn't call them call the police you have his information they can be helpful uh with identifying uh, this person like i said, leaving the scene of an accident um, but yeah I would call the police I would definitely speak to an attorney because um, you should be able to get all of the identifying information um, and I mean all that sort of stuff is super difficult at the time uh, you're in pain and injured and just trying to get medical attention and uh, all the rest of it but yeah if there's if there's multiple like if you this case your partner he gets hit and everything if you are able to go to to try to meet him and get him medical assistance and all of that call the police uh any sort of accident especially white white motorists are infamous for this sort of thing like i know non-white people like non-white people where i've been to their house type of a thing where they and they were working and had a white a white motorist who may have been under the influence. See, that's another thing, too. Like, man, it's so much middle of the summertime and what have you. This is a Friday. Like, who knows? Uh, could have been some one of those uh, they got opioid addicts, dog food, uh, heroin, uh, fentanyl, alcohol, a little bit of all of the above. Who knows? Uh, so it could have been a whole lot of reasons. Oh, my God. Let's make sure we don't you know, report this and all that, because they might want to know that. Like, yeah where the police called did we get a you know check on his system was he under the influence of you know anything when this happened always a big advocate of uh, reporting get as much information as possible uh, especially if it's someone classified as white as I said I had uh, friends they were out working they had parked their vehicle and were over doing a shoot had parked legally and were well away from the vehicle, motorists ran off the road and struck their parked vehicle. They even had to swerve out of the way. I think they had camera equipment uh, that got damaged because they had to move and everything, and they said they talked to the white guy, individual classified as white, got out of the vehicle. Uh, It seemed like he could have been under the influence of who knows what. Then he hopped in the car and took off. Same thing. That's leaving the scene of an accident. Call the police. All of that. I've seen that and I've heard that. Uh, I just wasn't informed about racism, and white supremacy. I wasn't cognizant of that. But apparently this sort of thing is very, very common. And then you add the racist component where I think Ari before had told us she was out and saw a mother, black mother with her and I mean young not like, you know, ten, uh eight, uh like three uh stroller, I think she said, out at the crosswalk, and again, not with uh sane odds, forty five, a blunt, jaywalking at the crosswalk. With the yeah, white it man was, it that was see, a see? Just to
4: let you know.
12: See? much obliged for the confirmation i didn't think my memory was that bad in a stroller she said crosswalk not jaywalking and she said the race soldiers i think she said it was a white man and a white woman woman in the vehicle sitting there bang hitting on the accelerator that attacked her uh i'm talking about she was trying to get their information you know to do the correct thing report them Uh, and then they went to, to try to attack her so i mean it's so many you know layers to all of that in terms of why things are so unsafe uh on the road for uh black people but i think to your question about the identifying information i think the police may be able to assist with that for sure um they might i don't know what information you do have um the police should be able to assist with that for sure. Uh, especially if it's reporting, especially once you report and you have a police report, uh, the department of motor vehicles or whatever they call it in your dir- jurisdiction may be able to help as well. Uh, if you have a police report with all of this, um, definitely, I would definitely talk to an attorney and again, healing, super quick, speedy, complete recovery, uh, to your partner, man, it is so, uh, so unsafe out there man oh man um
4: can i uh add something real quick
12: yes ma'am i think it's important
4: now for me to say because i told him we have to develop a code i didn't realize we needed a code for if he gets in a car accident because he he scoops and i drive and you know um he in the moment he was, he's not good with situations like this, so we need to develop a script since he's in less of a protective situation because when the guy offered the money and he didn't feel the pain immediately, he he took the money, he took the man, he took a picture of the man's license and he got his phone number, but I told him, I was like, the man could, say you stole a license or you know something weird I'm like that wasn't good enough you should have stayed and called the police and was like well I didn't know I I..." he didn't know to do that and I didn't know I had to do that with him but it's been a while since he's been um driving like he doesn't really drive so I guess that's something people should know you need a code for car accidents
12: Oh, yeah, still learning, you know, all of us still learning. And especially if you don't drive, um, you, and I mean, hey, all that's something all of them, especially, I don't think you said he was driving. He was just out doing the scooter thing, which that's no crime there either. Uh, and some people do use those scooters for, drive or for work purposes as well. Whatever the case, if you are in a motor vehicle or a scooter or even a pedestrian, really, but especially if you're driving scooter, bike you need to have a code Uh, it is so important because so many of these incidents happen on the road i would say particularly if you're in a vehicle because that's not only other safety issues other motorists and things of that nature then also the police stops and everything else i mean you have to have an extensive code as a motorist but even still just being out and about anything where there's some sort of uh vehicle collision absolutely uh kind even really if you're at fault because they could do the same thing that i just said if this had been uh, a vehicle crash let's say uh, and let's say let's put your partner in the vehicle let's say he's driving uh he hits a vehicle excuse me he had hit the vehicle that same thing i said before so-called fender bender uh, he hops out. He had been the one, you know. Hey, you know, I don't want to call insurance and blah blah blah. You know, here's uh, here's some cash. You know, here's blah blah blah. Whatever the cash is, boom. Uh, and here's my number. You know, if it's fake or real. Here's my number. Here's some cash. Okay. Uh, peace out. Uh, let me know if you you know have any more problems. He rolled up. They could do that. They wait till he drives off. Boop. Nine one one. Oh my gosh! I just had an accident. The guy drove off. I got. You said he got his license. He just drove off. Some negro, uh He hit me. Tried to run me off. I mean, they could do that totally, and they would have it totally because the police are going to get there they're going to say accident and boop, you're not there left the scene of an accident I think that is the law in most jurisdictions at least in the US uh, with regards to if there's some sort of vehicle collision the police are supposed to be called like even if it's you know not a big accident or what have you the police are supposed to be especially if there's an injury the police are supposed to be called uh, hey again you don't know. Is this person's alcohol level like uh point eight nine or you know, whatever or one point eight, who knows? Or whatever else is in the same thing I said before, prescription drugs and you know all the rest of it, we have no idea. Uh, Were they texting, you know, trying to get their fentanyl and cocaine when they weren't paying attention to the road and ran into the black person? Who knows? It's just so many, you know, anyway. But, yeah, that's all of us are still learning. But I think that's a good one for everybody, especially in a workplace. And we talked about that before, too, in a workplace capacity, because I think something happened where. A. uh, I think it was a white person was reported a white person was driving and they damaged a company vehicle. And didn't report it and then someone snitched on them or what have you i think it's like doubly so in the workplace like anything like you uh tap a a light pole or something like that or what have you all that is supposed to be reported (laughs) like uh it it gets even worse that sort of thing in a work environment you can get fired like oh my god like you are working for amazon and you hit somebody on a scooter and It doesn't get report like they find out like later on or what have you. There's a police report filed or something like that. Like, oh my God, like you're going to get fired on the spot. Like never even labor shortage. Like I can pretty much guarantee you are going to get fired on the spot. All that. Even like I say it doesn't have to be a person. You could tap like a telephone. They still got pay phones. You could tap like a pay phone or you know, light pole, whatever it is, parking meter and that is supposed to be reported. So Yeah, Um, still learning. Hopefully, you know, this will not be a, you know, dire situation type lesson. But yeah, for the future code for being out on the road. And like I said, even if you take it, fine, (laughs) take the money as he's driving off. You could do it that way. Call the police. And white people know this. White people are generally way more informed about laws and that sort of thing. Accident, the police are supposed to be called. You are not supposed to leave the scene of an accident that especially that is not not. They don't even know if does this guy have a license? Like like I forgot that one too. Like it's it's about a billion different reasons. Do you have proof of insurance? Has your license been suspended? Are you just there a warrant for your arrest? Like billions of reasons. Uh police are supposed to be called if there is an is this Ted Bundy? Christopher Joseph G. Christopher <laughs> like, it's a billion I'm not laughing at uh, your partner by any stretch I'm just saying it's a billion reasons the police are supposed to be called if this is an accident we don't know who we got here anywho uh, if folks have any uh, suggestions in terms of um, making sure they get the information I think the police would could maybe do all of that though call them the police even now like you know call the police and report all that because it's supposed to be reported um if folks have any suggestions, let us know uh, for Ari, The number is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Four, four, Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Could I have child pornography in the trunk. Like, who knows? Number again, 720 716 7300 the code 564943 Pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. For sure, if you have any folks, parents, like we're talking about having uh, children that work, if they have any sort of job where they're driving, they're over sixteen, right? You've got to talk to them extensively about the code for driving and even for your partner like he was I guess he said the pain wasn't too bad at that point when you know they're having all this conversation or what have you it's even good to keep in mind because there have been so many what they call road rage road racism incidents white motorists could be armed you don't know if they this person did this deliberately if this was a whoops or like I said were they texting about their pornography were they drunk Blah all this other stuff um So when they do all of this, like, are they getting out armed? Are they getting out to blame you? Like, it's a whole lot of things, unfortunately, have to think about in the midst of all this. But if you have children that are like they are doing Amazon or DoorDash or anything like that. Oh, it's a lot. You have to talk to them about if they're going to be driving for a job like Extend checking in with them on a regular basis, going over different scenarios, try to show them as many different news reports as you can, uh, of different dangerous type situations that have happened, uh, with folks doing delivery driving. Uh, so they'll just have an idea of the type of hazards that they may encounter. So they can already think of this will be my codified response to that sort of situation so that I can get out alive Safe as possible with as few problems, hopefully, no problems. All my fingers and toes, same thing we said before. Other folks have commentary? I'm sorry, was that, did we miss someone?
7: Uh, hi, Gus. Did it unmute me?
12: Uh, we can hear you. Were you trying to speak?
7: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, I actually wanted to offer some constructive uh, advice. I not only like to call to kind of share uh, reports, but you know, to try to offer advice whenever you can. I know, um, I actually was recently in a car accident and in my particular state, when you call the police for my incident, If you are not injured and if it did not happen on the, um, I believe, like the public streets, the police did not come out to the particular accident. Um, What I would advise uh, her to do is to get in contact with an attorney, just, you know, kind of do some research. Um, Most um, accident attorneys will take uh, a case on a uh, contingency, uh, meaning, you know, she will not have to, you know, pay any fees. I didn't have to up front. however, um, once it does settle, you know, they will, I believe, they get about, I think it's 30% of the settlement. And in terms of, you know, I don't know if it happened in an intersection or, you know, wherever, but whenever you contact those um, attorneys, they do have, like, investigators who can, um, you know, get Um, you know, as long as she, you know, obviously has a date and, you know, a time of when it occurred, that they can um, get that information um, from the cameras, you know, to see, you know, what exactly, you know, happened. Like I said, I'm not sure. I didn't catch how long ago it happened, but she does have some options. But I do know that whenever I had my accident and the other party was uh, at fault and I contacted the police, you know, if, Um, they asked, you know, if anyone was injured, you know, if the vehicle or if it's, you know, blocking the road, is it on a, you know, um, public street? And, you know, if it didn't meet those certain criteria, they will not come out to the scene. And so the next step would be um, filing it with the other person's insurance. But, you know, if I were her and she, she has nothing to lose, I would, you know, um, just go online, do some research about your, um, per, um, I believe they're personal injury attorneys and kind of, you know, let them know what happened and what kind of pain because um, one of the, the advice, the, they, I called them the same day that it happened, but one of the pieces of advice they gave me is that a lot of times when you get into an accident, you may feel fine or you may feel okay and, you know, people go by that. Feeling, but, you know, a few days later is whenever the pain starts to, um, you know, really, you know, set in. And that's when you realize, you know, oh, I've, I've been injured. But um, I'm hoping, you know, that is some constructive advice or feedback um, so that can kind of help her and her um, partner situation out. But um, just to reiterate, uh, they, they did not or would not come out in my case and I I think mine was more minor. Sounds like her partner was uh, was injured, but I definitely my first steps would be to contact a um auto injury attorney and uh, with say, with saying that, um I'll mute my line.
12: Much obliged, much obliged uh for the info. I'm sure Irie appreciates it. Um Yes, yeah, she already said she was thinking about contacting an attorney, so good to know. Um, I just checked briefly online, as I said, in most jurisdictions. I know for Washington State, it is required that you report traffic accidents, uh, any traffic accidents to enforcement officers. I looked for Louisiana. It is the same. I'm looking at accidents in Louisiana. Uh, you can look yourself, com. excuse me, uh, says... Uh, you may may be required by Louisiana law to give law enforcement notice of the accident under Louisiana law motorists involved in an automobile accident are required to report the accident to your local police department whenever an injury or death occurs or there's over $500 in property damages Uh, collarbone injury I think this will qualify further Under the terms and conditions of most automobile insurance policies, you are required to call the police after any motor vehicle accident. Doing so is not only required, but can be hugely beneficial to your case. The police officer will come to the accident scene, assess the damages and surroundings, take insurance and personal information from all parties involved, and question any available witnesses. You got hospital uh, information, so I would for sure contact the police hospital information all of that it's hugely beneficial to your case. Uh let's see. I Other got folks. it.
4: Thank you.
12: Much obliged. My and again, recovery speedy complete to your partner. Um let's see. Other folks uh, with either their own situation or any suggestions on what we've been discussing thus far again if we have any parents this would be one not to spectate if you have any parents if you have teen offspring uh, have you talked to them about the workplace environment what have you said what's been their experience that'd be kind of good to know as well and even if if folks hear this in the archives the email is untiljustice at com. Let us know. Write in. We can share it down the road or what have you that will still be valuable. Have you talked with your teen offspring? Do you talk with them on a regular basis? What sort of job do they have? And what has been their experience this early in their work career? Let us know. I think that's hugely important. Probably something that we have been a little deficient in, victims of racism. Uh, Other folks who dialed in with a hand up, line should be open. Proceed. may I be heard Uh, our caller down at the courthouse in Florida. Yes, sir.
13: Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. I just have uh, a few reports. I'd like to share with everybody. Um, the first report is, uh, I don't think I mentioned this one, but the supervisor, the white woman, uh, she had a voice recording when I was trying to get in contact with her. So on the recording, it mentioned the two, uh, white people. I'm just going to say that they're white and named their extensions. But the black female who's been there like 20 years just totally left her name out. Uh, So I, I did my very best to make sure I found that extension. But it obviously wasn't as easy as the one she gave. But I wanted to share that one first because she already had Acquired that title, but the other two people are called coordinators. She's called the manager. So there it is again with the terms. Um, and the the Warren, once again, before she retired in April, she gave these two people, um, the title of coordinator, uh, Hawaii area so she she made sure she did that before she left uh and the next one is I, don't, I I shared this a little while back where i was walking into the segregated area and the majority white women staff uh they were in a circle and they were observing this this white baby or whatever, one of the uh, white women co-workers. And this also is a, a member of the particular um, white clique that they have. And the baby, <laughs> the, white, the white racist, okay, racist suspect, gave me a look. And then I remember it was a look like, The baby was like, what is, who is this? Um, You know, that's the expression. And the black manager, black female manager that I am talking about, look at how she looked at blank. She named me. Look at how she looked at him. So I just kept walking. Now, I wanted to say that because this was three years ago. (laughs) So his mother, a clique member, right, so they set all of the happy birthday tackiness and decorations up around where her office is. So they were coming to pick her up today. She was leaving around like one thirty today and the same white child. Now, obviously two or three years older, <laughs> I did my best to avoid the child and them. So, uh so I'm sitting there and they come through the door and you know, he on the Spider Man shirt and stuff. You know, Marvel Comics and the um the gold star badge stickers that the sheriffs gives the uh children. And he once again gave <laughs> he gave gave it that same look and then the the mother was smiling and everything. So that that child still is, in my opinion, on um, I guess I use the word unrefined because he's showing that, that direct um, sense of practicing, you know, white supremacy because most of the area is white. So I doubt the black people were even around at the time. So yeah, he, he definitely was still practicing racism and he was holding the happy birthday balloons. So they were on their way out and I, um, I had just that small interaction. Uh my my next one is the the NAACP lady, um, uh, because she came down the hallway on Wednesday and yesterday, Wednesday and Thursday, two days in a row to talk to the main person. And, you know, she had uh like a suitcase with her, so I've been thinking about wondering, like, I wonder what that was about. And then this morning, it was more black people involved in this big-time meeting. So uh, I still have to uh, do some examining and some research to see what that was about. Um, My next one is, let's see, there was a a, a victim – uh, there is a victim that's not doing well with the PTO and everything. So uh, she's been talking about not being able to do the checklist and everything. And I'm like, I'm just being quiet. Ain't really nothing much to say. Because like you mentioned, Gus, uh, trying to uh, go on the job, like there's some kind of a you know, team or unit of black people that's that's gonna help each other. I just just try and help constructively. I obviously say that. But you know, there's PTO issues and then they're already putting it out there subliminally. In the recent uh newsletter, which there it, there is a portion in the new the new one for July. Um I just have to read like another time but yeah like the they did mention the pto and being on time which is important and being able to save time and everything so i think they may have been uh speaking about her and perhaps some other people about that um and other than that i don't really have too much other updates but i wanted to share those updates with everyone and uh thanks for allowing me to share
12: Much obliged. Our caller at the courthouse. I did get the picture. Um, I think he talked about it uh, a few weeks back. It was this summer. Uh, he talked about it. They had, uh, they have all these little tacky... I guess the, they got a newsletter, so we got to put stuff in the newsletter. So whatever the photo shoot was. Uh, but see, they had coordinated. Talked about all that unjust coordinating. And he told us that uh, the white people had chatted amongst themselves... And they're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll do red, we'll do red, we'll do red. And so then they get ready to do the photo, and obviously they didn't tell any of the black people. So all the black people, they come in wearing, you know, polka dots and everything but red. <laughs> so all the white people, they got all their red on, and they're looking fly, like, all right, let's come in. We got our click, woo, looking sharp. And they come in to get him to be in the picture, like. I'm good. <laughs> not that, you know, I want to be included so I can wear red too. I'm not saying that at all, just saying like I'm good. <laughs> so they got their whole coordinated, we're codified see that's what I that right there. That as tacky and silly as it is, that right there is codification. As simple as that. Right. I mean, however you think they did it, you know, they got they do their little group text or whatever, or they all had lunch together. What do you think we should red every red? Let's do red, okay? And I mean, that's what that could be. Ron DeSantis, you know, twenty twenty four. That could be a whole lot of, but that right there is codification. What are we wearing tomorrow? We're all on the same page, and and then we can clown the other little black you like they got their little black polka dots <laughs> and i even saw it looked like it was one white woman she didn't have on red i said ooh you not maybe you you not in good standing with the clique like oh man <laughs> like I, what what did she get left out is she not cool she's not in the clique
13: i think she maybe but she just one of the, the white people who just i guess don't really do too much talking or whatever. And she just kinda just um being I guess serious to a degree. But I don't see her interact with the uh the other clique people who were involved with the warden lady. Uh because she still's calling some of those people on the cell phone. I'll have to speak on that more. But I don't think she Um, speaks to the other white people like that. But she is on the white side, though, still. She's still at the all-white front counter. That counter that's behind them, where they're posing at, like, that's the, you know, the white
12: side, I'll just say. Hmm. Definitely not saying, you know, she's still a race soldier for sure, suspect for sure, just that was noteworthy. She is not coordinated with the rest of the gang but i mean that's what gangs do right they get their gang colors coordinated and all come out in their little outfits and what have you and then like if they can clown look at the black you're like yeah they are not not codified <laughs> at all got the colors in our and then they come and ask you, you want to be in the photograph I'm like i'm good i'm good thank you y'all can put that in the <laughs> i news- told them that i told them Intelligent. So I said no. I'm, I'm good. Intelligent, intelligent. I'll be there in spirit. Um, but yeah, that's. I would just observe those type of things because I believe I've seen that sort of thing before in the workplace, where it's obvious that white people they have had whatever their little conversations are and decided to coordinate whatever they're going to wear or whatever. It. Ha- I've seen that before. Uh, that that. Is codification? White people are very codified in many respects, especially with regards to practicing racism, which they did because they. for sure, I'm sure that white woman knew they were going to wear red. I'm sure she could have, you know, joined in if she wanted to. I suspect those black people they didn't know at all. Like, what is going? Did you? <laughs> You're supposed to wear. I got black on looking let's see they got the uh... wait a minute okay yeah now see that's what I mean uh, Went that, that that right there that's codification too now we started we had the young lady she dialed in and she said the, the jealous vindictive white women in her workplace uh, this white woman that's not even her supervisor put their little like the newsletter put their little tacky arrangement together put her name at the bottom and then put the wrong uh, credentials uh, and what have you up there for the listing he said uh, the black and he said not the black female who just got there 20 days ago the black female that's been here for decades oh no extension for you leave all that off Hmm. How does that happen consistently? You would have had her information just left over because, man, we've had to keep putting her info up here over and over all these years, right? Yeah. Not neither one of those cases. That's not by accident. That's not a, you know, just wow, what a. Nope, that's standard operating procedure, really. Racist codification. I think she said minimizing. That's what we do. I've been here 20 years. I don't care, nigga. Shouldn't even got this job. They should have had you over in the segregated area, too. He said they, uh, the warden before she left, she got the two white women, made them coordinators. The other black female that they mistreated or what have you, she's manager. All those titles, matter a lot of times that comes like money, you know, and that sort of thing. Like, what is your official title and and all the rest of it? They have these hierarchies in the workplace. The warden understood that. That's why she made the coordinators before we go. Yes. Mm. And then they malign and leave out the other black people's titles deliberately because they know all of that information matters. He said the, uh, The young fella, racist man, racist woman, racist child. Uh, The little young white fella who was there three years before came out. Oh, my God. Negro beast at the front. Uh." He's wigging out. Don't see black people. He comes back after three years. Same reaction. Oh, my God. They still got this Negro male up here. Oh, my God. Panic button. Panic button. Probably doesn't see a whole lot of black people. I mean, you know. Racist. North Florida, he's seeing Tim Tebow, man. He is not seeing folks with a whole lot of melanin hanging out in his living room. I suspect maybe on television, maybe Andrew Gillum from time to time they want to reminisce about when we almost monkeyed up Florida politics, but I mean other than that, like man. Eh. Panic button, man. Panic button. That right there says a lot. Speaking of panic button, same thing we heard that before uh, the Bay Area mom I don't do all that you know uh, extra friendliness with black people now the whole PTO help thing that's different you know you want to help people out but it's still not you know black sister and all of that I just don't think that's a wise way to proceed in the workplace incidentally all that PTO has come up especially over the COVID situation where white people have like uh, been a gang unjust networking to like fuel and funnel PTO for you know other white people if they had sickness or I don't know cocaine bout whatever it is black people like no way he even said it seemed like they were using the, the newsletter to kind of shake their face like hey gotta save that PTO don't be reckless make sure you save it and be on the which hey now hey we normally talk about that at the very beginning I say the way the correct way for the phrase is if you can't be early, be on time, get a reputation. I think I call in Florida, say, hey, that's what I do. I get to work. That's my reputation. I've been here for a decade, almost uh, half as long or about half as long as the black female that they malign and mistreat and leave out and all the rest of it. I get here. I'm known for getting here. I'm supposed to be here at 8. I get here at 745. No later than 750. That is codification. That's what you want to have a reputation for on your job. I don't get here. If I'm supposed to be here at 8, I get here at 745. Every day. So I have no problem with that. They say you should be on time. Absolutely. Be on time. And they come and make sure you save that PTO can't be reckless with that running out of PTO you got to make sure you say like dang we're in the middle of COVID and everything They and he already said they had other white people that Psh, I'm saving my PTO I'm not taking off no days wasting no time for this car. I don't care if I get the role of 15 times like, I'm not missing no PTO everybody he'll be sick cause I got plans we're trying to go to Daytona Beach for a few days or so or whatever they're trying to go do black person might actually have you know some real problems or whatever hey, should have thought about that earlier save your PTO not that I'm you know encouraging being reckless with PTO certainly save that take mental health days as you need it but I mean dang like this is Ron DeSantis land so I guess I don't expect too much sympathy like we are still I thought in the middle of a health pandemic worldwide maybe maybe not in Florida Ron DeSantis 2024 much obliged caller in Florida. Any other folks commentary they want to make sure they get in um before we wrap up for this week?
4: Gus, may I say
12: may I say something else? Yes, ma'am. Let's hear it. Okay, thank you.
4: So um, at, at the new school, um, I um, I think the mom is going to pull the student out because of the environment, like you said, and they are setting the teacher up for failure because um, even the parents, when they all go rush to go tell the little boy's mom how his day was, the whole, it's like they're, the rest of the staff that had been there longer than her because she started with me, they go to oversee what she's saying. And then I guess she, I don't know if she stumbled on her words, but she's saying more than she needs because the parents said she wouldn't, she was saying, calm, I don't care. Well, the education. So even when on um, this morning, when we came in, we came in together, I just went to the bathroom. So the teacher, the black teacher, okay, well, you can go. His is here. She said, I know she's here. I just talked to her. I want to stay. And so I guess they don't want him to stay, but she said she was just looking around at all the stuff he's not going to utilize. There's nothing for him in there. So I just wanted to share that. I uh, I feel some kind of way, but I did tell the the teacher, I said, you said your mom's a teacher, right? She said, yeah. I said, that's who you need to talk to for advice. You need to look to your mom um, instead of uh, trying to, um, think you're going to get help here. Do the Google reviews if you want, but look talk to your mom for advice. She's a teacher. Well, my mom, she's more, you know, old school. She's like, you know, more of that black power stuff. So She's just saying we need to open up a school for all black children. I said, like I said, talk to your mother for advice about working here and anything in teaching. Look to your mother. So I'll read my line and thank you.
12: Hmm. I don't know what to say. That's I uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, almost, I almost thought we were going to get another because this is straight workplace racism. Blacka, many about a decade ago. This is a listener. Blacka, he said, uh, blackmail. He said uh, he tried to talk to his coworkers, which I do not encourage at all. In fact, I avidly discourage. He said he was trying to talk to his black coworkers. you know, hey, we got to talk about counter-racism, blah, blah, blah. And, all this. and he said his black colleagues, not surprisingly, uh, would tell him, I don't want to hear any of that black shit. They put emphasis on black. I thought we were going to get another one of those like, I don't want to hear any of that black. But she said it was her mom. Like, I, don't, I mean, I, I get it. Many of us were like, ah, oh, man, our parents are crazy. They don't know what they talk about. That was why I went to talk to Nicholas Gunn this week. Like, what did you, did his parents tell him about this area? Not to go. And he said, everybody told him. He said his dad told him all the time. You're, they're going, you're going to end up in the river. You go over there, Like they told him all the time. You go over there. You tell us. You let us know immediately. And all the A pluses. Like they, you know, were not ignorant about, or at least they did the best that they could to inform him. Wow! Like that—that that right there—that is what domination looks like. Now I don't know their relationship. She may talk to her mother every day, and they have great vegan meals, and go out, go to the farmer's market, and get fresh avocados and lemons and oranges and yellow watermelon and everything together. Who knows? But I mean, wow! Like your mommy is right there, trying to guide you and and tell you, ah, get off open a school for black (laughs) in in the midst of you are being sabotaged (laughs) like she said they're coming what did she say what 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 did she say hmm 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 okay gonna keep an eye on you we are all still learning I'm a victim of white supremacy too I'm just that that right there is what domination looks like. Talk to your mother. (laughs) Get around to it. Gotta hear all that black nonsense. Start your own school for black children. There is nothing else to call it but the system Of white supremacy. Put it in capital letters. Anything else, folks, need to get in before we wrap up? May I be heard? Our caller in Florida.
13: Yes, sir. Uh, Gus, I was just thinking about a, a detail about how I mentioned how the, the the white woman, that's the supervisor over us, she she had a sign on the desk where it said, you are the queen. The, ne- the, ne- <laughs> the next time I went in there, she took it away. She took it out of the office. So um, I guess she got upset, you know, called me a, a nigga a few times in her mind. Like, hey, he—he he, he actually got me. He, he hes paying too much attention, you know. Because no, like after I said it, I didn't see it in there. So I don't know if anybody else pointed it out, but I wanted to—I wanted to mention that, and—and and that's pretty much it.
12: Oh yeah, I think. Uh... Now, especially when they have black people who are attentive and paying attention to things like that. And I think he said that she got that from a previous job. It's not even like some current coworker, you know, or whatever, uh, got that for her. Uh, I don't think that's my memories, but I think that was from like a previous job that she's transferring that over. Like that has that much resonance with her identity. I'm the white queen. And then this nigra comes over here who's scaring white children and hey what's that for Ah, that's been tainted now take it home (laughs) yes i absolutely because they're not accustomed to non-white people paying attention and quite like what does mr fuller say white people are the most familiar mystery they're accustomed to us squabbling with each other and fighting and you know, oh I hate my baby daddy and oh I hate my wife and, and all the rest of it. That's their custom to us just fussing about our own personal rights and not, not looking at them. Hey Helen, what is that there? What you got on your queen? What what's that all about? Totally different world. Anywho, uh cyclist man Mississippi I don't even remember how did somebody I don't even I have to remember if somebody uh mailed me that or if that was a random fine I will check my uh history and see I should have got the name of the other animator at Disney Uh, I include only because I played that clip before I used it when Mr. Fuller was talking about him wanting to be an animator and then the uh, Asian male animator who also worked at Disney. But we got Floyd Ring. We'll get the other one for next week. Anywho, again, if we have parents, if you have teens who are working, let us know. What do they tell you about their experience? Have you been talking to them? Did you talk to them in advance? Where do they work? Let us know. I think that's super important. Uh, have non-white people who are starting off uh, in labor to have them start off with as much accurate. Information as possible so that they are not bewildered, blindsided, as they say. They have a great idea of the environment, the dangerous environment in which they are starting out. Be here tomorrow. Uh, compensatory call in. Bicyclists, black cyclists, you know, black children cyclists these aren't even so called grown black people these are black children on bikes pedaling for their lives literally exactly what I said when we were talking to Irie sometimes it's a whoops had a little bit too much cocaine today whoops other times it's exactly what they said with James Craig Anderson which was in Mississippi, I ran that nigger over. That'll be tomorrow. Uh, Sobriety, because of what I just said, and about a billion other reasons, sobriety would be best. If you are out and about, you see a white person they are being hostile exit this is not a time for long conversations with strangers you should be thinking this fella this gal could be armed and with an entourage if you are not ready to kill and die right now exit if you're in a vehicle you're sober buckled not on your cell phone we're doing the small things to stay as safe as we can under conditions of terrorism and We need all of our attention. Minimizing contact with race soldiers as best we can. Badge or no. That said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times. In all places, each and every time, we are in contact with another black person. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice. Immediately, Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in.
10: Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, your brother. Problem.
12: You're a victim. <sighs>
10: I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. (laughs)